He said, what type of music do Amish people like? Is it Amish Paradise by Weird Al? Oh, good guess. It probably is, but it's techno. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> do you get it? I get it. Like techno? Yeah, because they don't like technology. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. I'm glad you opened with that. Thank you. We lost every listener now. And welcome to Unprofessionals <laughs> Asking Questions. I'm Julia. And I'm Sid. And, you know, we're your co-hosts. Forever and always. <laughs> so said Amish, I must ask you what our topic is today. What's our topic? Oh, you're asking me? Yeah. Oh, to tell people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, let's first. Oh, let's first. We're yes. cheersing. We're, we're going to cheers. We launched this damn thing. We did. Our first two episodes are out and about go find them you will have to oh, you're, this won't matter I guess tell them well no. you will have to search our full name on other <laughs> platforms yeah, right make now us, make us be the top of the search go rate and review us so that it pops up quicker so you don't have to type out the full name <laughs> and make sure wherever you're listening on to follow the podcast because that yes. really helps us out mm-hmm. um not that we're really trying to like do this more than a hobby, but you know, we do want to be successful. Yeah, we want to get it out there for people who we might want, to be want to able to be us. searchable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to celebrate a little bit with some mimosas. So we're cheering those. Let's cheers again. Cheers in that. We're so okay. happy. Yay. Um, so we've had a lot of fun so far and we plan to continue to have fun. And we thought for you know fun, we would do our third episode about Amish because of where we live. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of the Amish? I know you have, but yeah. our listeners, you're right. If you live in or around or have heard of the great state of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. probably have heard of Amish. Yes. Um, but I feel like there's so many like unanswered questions about the Amish oh, community, definitely. even living so close in proximity to mm-hmm. multiple Amish communities. I feel like there's a lot of gray areas. Right. You don't see everything for yeah. sure. So we have a lot of questions to get through today. <laughs> a lot of questions, a lot of history, uh, what origins you're covering, right? values, things like that. I'm going to get into some problematic areas. That every community has, you know, with crimes and stuff, but I do want to focus on some things that should be brought to people's attention mm-hmm. as well. Um, but I guess to start, like, let's just discuss what we thought about the Amish or like some of our ideas or thoughts with the questions we had. Right. It didn't really make sense. I worded it, but <laughs> people will understand that yeah. I can't talk. Um, <laughs> if you don't know by now, you will. <laughs> I struggle. <laughs> So I get the biggest question is, do they pay taxes? And like growing up, I feel like everybody was like, it's such bullshit. Like they beat up our roads and blah, 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 but they don't pay taxes. Mm -hmm. So that's just like what, you know, I thought of. And then later I I found some other things out, which I think you're, are you discussing at all? Um, a little, it's just, they do pay taxes. But not on everything, right? 
it seems like they do pay most. It, it just social security is kind of out of that. They mm-hmm. don't really have anything to do with that, and they don't do much with insurance. Okay, um, so I guess that makes sense, right? modern medicine mm-hmm. what did you think before you researched it i assume they didn't yeah i mean i, I assume like that's just what our reason is they don't, don't pay taxes right it's the big problem but, but they I do yeah so. everybody that lives in the u.s has to pay taxes yeah. we're, we're not living here for free come <laughs> all right well do you know do they have plumbing do these people bathe I'm going to say no. So I guess, which we'll get into, I feel like, are, are more um, personal stories. Right. But I know they, like, bathe. I think it's more, like, once a week. They're more conservative they with it. Not sure. all of them have indoor plumbing. Right. So I think they, like, have to hook it. Like, it's a process mm-hmm. to do it. And when you're constantly out working, it's almost like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I feel like. And... You know, they're very... What's the point? What's the biggest point? <laughs> like, they need to show him where the meat is. <laughs> but I'm like, I guess maybe their, their thoughts are like, you know, I'm just going to go right back out here. Right. Why would I bother wasting our water? Yeah, and their or... noses are already sized. <laughs> right. So, oh, and before we get into it as well, um, I'm going to do my best with history and their culture. If I have anything wrong, Sorry. Let me know. Yeah, I'm sure that a lot of these things we're not 100% right about. No, never. There's no disrespect <laughs> to right. the Amish community. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like we, we've we both been around. We live in a pretty dense I wanted to be Amish, Amish when right. I was younger. There, I don't know why, how old I was when this happened because I don't quite remember it <laughs> or the reasons behind it. But um, yeah, I used to want to be Amish when I grew up. I didn't yeah, realize that wasn't how it worked, though. I had a very opposite feeling. Yeah, well, and I, it quickly, uh, I didn't feel it like went that away. Anymore. Yeah. What, you just like the like Little House on the Prairie vibe or what? Maybe. Oh, you know, I think, my, I think like my aunt <laughs> did used to have that show on all the time. So maybe that did have something to do with it. I bet you it did. A more humble, yeah, like simple life, and maybe yeah. it was the animals. Maybe it was like, oh, I got owls. I got to be around animals and not had. I didn't right. have to be Amish, so yeah. So, but like for me growing up, they you know they they built our barns, they built right. the houses, they mm-hmm. were the farriers for animals, like on my grandma's farm. So like we have had close relationships, but I've like seen. Their lifestyle, I like, that's not me. Yeah, and looking back, I'm like, wow, no, I'm glad I'm not Amish. <laughs> yeah, I can only go in an owl house so many times a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so I guess another common question I feel like people have is, do they have or use electricity? Which, more modern Amish, I feel like might have some, but no, the, a, a typical, like a... Right. I don't think they do. No, I mean, there's some exceptions, and we'll get into that a little bit. Okay, you are covering a that. A little bit. But for the most part, I think when everyone thinks about the Amish, they're like, oh, no, they don't use electricity because it's against their beliefs. So but we'll get into a little exception. I feel like some of their beliefs have also, like, fluctuated right. modernizing a little. Yeah. They use machines or batteries, which I do. Like, I've known this. Mm-hmm. They can have, I think, up to a certain size battery. Oh, um, and like some machinery, machinery for their work or like mm-hmm. on the farm businesses like that. Yeah, well, I think that's a more like a newer evolution. Yeah, because there's still like which we'll get into a little bit, but there's 
old order Amish and there's new order Amish. Right. And then there's Mennonites, which is not really what we're covering here because it is separate from the Amish and there are some differences. Mm -hmm. They did kind of originate together, but then they separated. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference there. And aren't there like 12 different, like there's the old and the new, but then Mm -hmm. aren't there like multiple different versions? I think because I think they have all adapted their own beliefs and way of life. They don't have technology like we do. Mm -hmm. So when you're in just your secluded community, you're going to grow that in a different way because you don't have like one leader over you. You just have like, or overall with all the communities, you Mm -hmm. just have like your individual leader. Right. So I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Oh my God. Speaking of like batteries and stuff, they're, like I said, so like my neighbors pretty much all around me are Amish Mm -hmm. um, but there is this one buggy that is pimped out it has like the LED lights it has a bait like (laughs) subs in it like subwoofers and stuff so like I hear them bumping coming down the road like I know it's them and then like I look out my window and it's just like green blue purple like flashing (laughs) I've not seen the horses like nodding going to the stop (laughs) were they on Pimp My Ride Amish edition (laughs) yeah dude wouldn't you shit if I would <laughs> yeah so like I mean <laughs> it's just so funny to me I, I can't believe I'll have to record it the next time please I love it so much I've not seen that and they town. only like do it at night too like so you oh. hear them you see them coming it's probably like the kids are like so obviously that bad is not as strict <laughs> I guess not <laughs> Unless, like, they're in Rumspringa or something right. like that. I remember this one. And this is unrelated to buggies, but... So, I remember we had a yard sale, like, a family yard sale over in Loganton. And we had an Amish man come over. I don't remember how old he was. He was probably younger. But he came and he bought a VCR. <laughs> I was like, that's what What year was this? Oh, gosh. I don't even know. Like, it VCRs been... were past in the past at this point. Right. Okay. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. It was a DVD player. Oh. It was not that old. It was a DVD player. So it was probably about eh, 10, 10 years ago, 10 plus years ago. Maybe 12. So maybe 15. I forget TV how old or something. Well, we noticed it, it seemed like he went across the street behind a park into the woods and stashed it <laughs> and then walked away without it. I guess to come back to later. So I don't know whatever happened with that. It was very curious. You should have followed him. I'm not about Do to you remember get where it murdered, is? okay? Not that he'd murder me, but you just never know. You don't. We'll you get don't. Into that. Just because they're people of God does not mean they won't commit crimes. Exactly. Um. Do they have arranged marriages? I feel like I've always just... For the most part, I my understanding is yes. Right. Well, because they're the, running out of like they have to outsource, I think, now. Like they're traveling farther because of inbreeding. Inbreeding, yeah. But the court uh Which the courting, is one of my other questions are the incest. Yeah. So the courting starts at a young age, at like fourteen, I think. Fourteen or 15. I'm assuming you're gonna go into that. So. Oh, a tiny, tiny bit, but what is what age for like 14 or 15 they start mm. courting each other and they'll even start like the bundling and the night the bedroom ritual. What? They, like they lay, you know, in bed next to each other, fully clothed, don't touch each other. But like, but they can, they talk. The same. It's supposed to like bring you closer together by just conversation. What's your? I don't know. I actually can't fathom like my life being any different than what it was. <laughs> I know that sounds so privileged, but yeah, it's incredibly. Like, 
Could you imagine like being forced to, what did you say? Bundle? Bundling. Bundling Mm -hmm. with someone that you just absolutely despise. Right. You don't have a choice in it, but they say that, I mean, they say that because they start this at this age and they make them go through the bundling and all that, that it, it, uh, they have like a, a long lasting marriage and a happy marriage. Cause they have no other choice. They, they don't. <laughs> I know. So I'm like, of course it's long lasting. Yeah. What are they going to do? Have you ever seen an Amish with a cell phone? Honestly, probably. I think I have. I have. Yeah. I remember it's so like my first job was at Penn's Cave where I like shout out free ads. <laughs> Sponsor at Penn's Cave. Um, my first job was there and a lot of the times like the Amish would come and I was like 14 at this time. So I always thought like they didn't have cell phones, but I also knew that they had to have some something for like their their businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like the first time that it was all, it was only the men, like they had their phones on there, like texting and like doing phone calls. I was like, what the hell? Like, are you even on this? I mean, weren't Mennonite? See, I don't know. They might've been, but then like growing up where I did again, lots of Amish, like everybody's neighbor Mm -hmm. was probably Amish. Um, they had like phone lines, like landlines at the very end of their lanes. Oh, I've seen that. So they would have to like walk. Yes. Mm -hmm. So like, it wasn't like on, it had to be inconvenient. It can't be like a convenience. Yeah. But I mean, it is, you know, the 2000s. So like you have to, to have a business and stuff. Like you almost have to. So Mm -hmm. I guess I like get that. But, um, some other things with technology doesn't make sense to me. Right. Are you for it or are you not? Make up your mind. <laughs> we already talked about incest um, and breeding. <laughs> Clearly, you run out when there's only so many of you. Right. Unless you're traveling to other states. Have you ever heard the... This is like the last common question that I've heard of and I've also had for myself, but that the Amish will kill or send away the children that are born like abnormal to society. So like developmentally disabled individuals, things like that. I've heard both. So I just didn't know if you've ever heard that. I think I've heard that it is a myth, but do you ever see like, that's true. And I mean, not even just Amish, but like people back in the day that would just lock them up in the attic. Yeah. So I do wonder, I've like heard this thing too. (laughs) There's like this rumor that there's like, um, in one of the mountains by us, I won't like say it. There's like this community church thing that that's where they send them on to, and they're just like locked up. It's like a asylum kind of. Oh, that's messed up. So I don't know if that's true. That's why I don't want to like say yeah. too much. But like that's one of the rumors. So it's like I can't find this answer because I, like one, how do you even like search that? Right. It's not like they have social security numbers, mm-hmm. or like it's not like they're always having children in the hospitals. And right. So yeah, I don't know. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, so I was just curious if you've heard of it. I know that, like, that was always I, a common no. topic in my area growing up. Right. Wouldn't that oh, be man. so sad? Oh, yeah. Like, horrific. That's hard to think about. Um. So before we get into, like, the history and all that, I feel like mm-hmm. we should continue talking about that... Like, I think I should bring up some of the good that the Amish communities oh, yeah. bring to the table. so much. Um, and kind of focus on some of the positives mm-hmm. because there is going to be negatives that I talk about later. Right. And I'm not here to bash. Like, no. we both aren't here to, mm-hmm. like, bash them. It's definitely a curiosity for mm-hmm. us to, like, 
And we said maybe we should have just like asked to go live on a farm for 24 yeah, I, hours. I, I really wish we would have went maybe to we do, do that. We'll start a vlog. <laughs> and the first one will be on <laughs> Catches um, in freaking bonnets and a buggy. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> Um, so I feel like they definitely give back to the community. They are supportive of the communi- mm-hmm. community. Like where I grew up, it was very integrated. Like it right. wasn't too it's not separate. Just them. Yeah, like our grocery store in the valley yeah. was ran as run by Mennonites. Yes, so like not Amish, but mm-hmm. the Mennonites. Um, if you go down the road, literally on at the end of every farm, there's mm-hmm. like the fresh produce oh yeah bakeries things like that it's so fucking good it is so good so fresh like i i'd much rather go to their markets first than go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and, and it's like better it too, is because it's not like all this process shit. exactly and the plus side is a lot of the places will accept cards now so <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah um they also do a lot of like um construction like barn building oh yeah houses mm-hmm. and stuff and i it's at least for like my family it's always been one more cost effective yes it's more and fast. affordable fast so fast i think they put up my Graham's barn in less than a month where yeah. like it was quoted from like a english mm-hmm. construction company which we'll get into the amish call any, anybody else since it's not amish english yeah but um I think it was like six months or something like that. Holy cow. So isn't that just so crazy? It's amazing to me. We've had Amish like uh, put up new gutters for us. They've done chimney work at our old house. And where I grew up, I know that like I feel like my family and the Amish were very integrated with the farming. So I don't know. I just feel like we've always had a relationship with them in some way. Yeah. And so one of my neighbors, they have... um, lots of kids mm-hmm. they have a few like little girls probably between like five to ten and when I first moved into my house I was so thrown off the one time because I just get like this knock on the door I'm like in my robe oh gosh <laughs> and it's like these little girls their mom was like back but they're mm-hmm. she was letting her, the, the girls do it and they were selling bread fresh mm. loaves of bread that is my favorite thing they haven't stopped in a while I'm like I almost want to go to the farm and like see if they have any yeah but they explain that like the girls do this they were raising money for their miniature horse mm-hmm. so they bought the miniature horse and now they're raising money to build a man miniature carriage that is adorable it was so cute i was like give me five <laughs> give oh me five <laughs> not to mention those ugh, their fresh bread is the best thing it would come in the contain like still steam like oh it, yeah it was i love fresh mm-hmm. i love so when it's still good. warm it's oh, so good, so, good. <laughs> so i love that Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, and there will be pies. I know. I'm on the food. Will be pies. I'm grew up now, with will be pies. Oh, so good. So good. No one can ever make a will be pie like that much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I, I don't. But it's know. so good. Um. And even Secret like ingredient. I don't know about over in this area, like where you have grown up. I know in my area, like all the three stores <laughs> that we have for mm-hmm. gas stations. There's like posts, like the tie oh, yes. posts mm-hmm. for. For the buggies, for the horses, and things like that. Hell, so even some, Walmart has it. Yeah, some people are like, oh, I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the very bottom parking lot, they have posts for all their horses. Yeah. So, so I know some people are like, what the hell is that? And it's like, it's so they it's have just for us. Yeah. It's always so weird when we have anyone mm-hmm. from out of town or not from the area, and mm-hmm. they're like, what is that? And or can we pass this Amish buggy? I'm like, yes, you can. You can go around, but safely. Right. Right. Yeah, you're not flying. By I them, remember, but. like, my freshman year of college, my my roommate. Was from Wilkes Bear, and I brought her home with me, and she saw like a pile of 
poop on the road and she started freaking out it was it was a culture shock to her but her culture shock was a culture shock to me right because i was like what the fuck then we come up on the buggy Uh and she's like what is that like what is on the road right now so weird to think about amish that's real like they do that (laughs) like yeah that's a thing it's it's just wild to me that a lot of people don't know but i can only imagine like you seeing it for the first time you're like what did I just time travel? Right. <laughs> I get it. But yeah, I mean, I just think they're also very supportive. Like they, they come together when there's like a death in the area, mm-hmm. uh, anything like that. Like, it just seems like it's, it's a, it's a lending hand. It's a supportive community. So just want to put that out there before yeah. I get into negatives later right. on. Um, well, should we just talk about your history? Yes. All right. Also, cheers to us recording during the day. Oh, yes. We, we've been no doing more. this. I do a little more champagne, please. Um, we've been I doing this. Too much juice. At night. Can we win? It's fine. Okay. You'll just keep going anyway. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, some more of that in there because I like that cranberry. Okay. So their roots stretch back way, 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 way back to before you were born, Julia. Okay, I'm not gonna even let you do the math on this one because this is 16th century Europe. You were not existing. 16th century is 1500s, right? Yes. Oh, look at me go. Good job. I'm so proud of you Good today. Job. You too. Good job. This thing is making me smart. It is. This podcast is gonna boost my IQ. <laughs> uh, you will be right up there with George Bush. Yeah, dude. He's so smart. Maybe I can marry him like, um, what's it, her face just married Murdoch? <laughs> like, when Bush like nine married yet, but I'm gonna be like, we were meant for yeah, each other. For I'm your fun fan. fact Rupert Murdoch is engaged again. What is this, number five or six? I think five. Yeah, he's like 900 years old. He's in the 90s. But she is sure. I think she's like ever. not quite as young as his previous wife. I think she's like 60s or 70s. Still, feels so much. Anyway, anyway I'm so on. sorry for interrupting. Moving on, it's like it's nothing new there. It's fine. So the root, the root, the root stretch back to the the Protestant Reformation in 16th century Europe. Back to the Protestants again. Mm-hmm. Oh, I one more pause. Okay. So in our last episode, I was like, aren't Catholics more popular than Protestants now? <laughs> I looked it up. The answer is a strong no. <laughs> Protestants are very much more popular than Catholics. So like before anybody asks me, yeah, I I fact checked. I was wrong. But anyways, go ahead. All right. So their religious ancestors were called Anabaptists. That's A N A. Baptists, not Anta, it's Anna. And that kind of just means rebaptizers. Like they don't believe in baptizing as infants. Okay. They want to baptize as adults because they believe that when you're a child, like you haven't done anything wrong, you're innocent. But when you have the choice to be baptized as an adult, it means more. I need a second. That kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, you don't even get a choice. Exactly. You literally That's just thrown into, I just saw this like, viral reel or tiktok or whatever whatever the kids call it these days yeah and it was like (laughs) a um pastor preacher or something like baptizing this child dunking a child in the water he like (laughs) lost it and the kid brown went in like smacked his head i was like dude like his face after the pastor was like 
and just like turned his head and I was like dude could you imagine that's why I'm I mean I obviously most people would know that I've never been baptized because I'd probably just burn in holy water even as a child probably um I'm just I mean I did okay (laughs) (laughs) I I did get kicked out of my Sunday school (laughs) please tell me why you go ahead with your baptism um so but yeah no like I my family's not religious like that at all and I'm happy for that because I don't think looking back unless I would have still kept the same religion I don't think I would have liked knowing that I was baptized as a young child without any choice no it doesn't bother me yeah I feel like probably because of like where I stand and like I don't want to offend people. Mm-hmm. But like the reason that I really started questioning religion is because when I was younger, like I grew up, you know, going to Sunday school and everything, mm-hmm. but I was also a three sport athlete and I had animals. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of times because of the sports, I couldn't always make it to the barn. And like, that was some of my duties. So mm-hmm. I was like picking and choosing what Sundays I was going to the barn in the morning and what Sundays I was going to Sunday school. And they were doing like this missions trip for, somewhere in New Orleans and stuff. And they were like making it mandatory that you had to come. And I was like, I'm okay with not going Mm -hmm. and stuff. And he pretty much was like, you can no longer be in the group. You've missed too many days. See, that's not right. And I was like, first of all, who are you to tell me like, if I can't like where my religion and faith stand Mm -hmm. just because I'm going to help my gram. I'm doing, fulfilling my responsibilities Mm -hmm. and duties. Like what the fuck? So that's really where I started being like, I don't appreciate you. And it was definitely like that pastor, but still like when I'm talking about religion, like I did grow, like, I don't mean to disrespect anybody else, but I also want you to respect that I'm confused and Mm -hmm. don't fully believe in some things. I would, and I, I won't like loop you or pull you into the same category as me, but I would definitely feel I'm categorized more as spiritual than religious. Yeah. And I just, cause I don't believe in organized religion. I just Same. for these reasons. Exactly. It just doesn't seem right. I think, well, I think that's one thing that kind of not bonded us, but like mm-hmm. where we have very similar takes mm-hmm. or opinions on these things. Yeah. And like, it's, we're very open-minded yeah. too. Like, I don't, I don't care at the end of the day. Right. The, what you do, what you believe or, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're like, like a mess cult leader that, like <laughs> you're doing like a genocide or something like maybe i'll care but yeah maybe I, I i might say okay i don't like that yeah all right <laughs> okay now that we got that out of the way because i feel like we will talk about religion like a oh, lot sure. that i just mm-hmm. don't want people to think we're but anyway so yeah they didn't believe in infant baptism they didn't think it was an authentic form of baptism until you were an adult in making that choice which i get that so around this time all the the app Anabaptist beliefs and the groups that followed that belief, they spread all over the place and they threatened the civil and religious authorities in the area. And what do you think happened? Which is that, that like me? Well, I guess. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. answer your question, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. So of course those authorities, you know, they wanted, they don't like that. So what are they going to do? They're going to go after you. It's basically because a witch hunt. they weren't baptizing at like infant level mm-hmm. they were going after them yeah mainly that reason. well and because yeah and they would i guess i think anyone who was baptized as infant they would re-baptize you and they were like they thought that was a slap in the face to that to their religion because like we already did it this is what this is the thing that we do 
why do we get so stuck I don't know. on things? But whenever they were threatened this way, they, like, there was nearly, like, 2,500 Anabaptists that were killed throughout all this. They were... I feel like that's a lot. It, I feel like it's a lot, too. So they were burned at the stake. They were drowned in rivers. So they were baptized again. <laughs> they were baptized again. <laughs> Didn't come out of that. Uh... <laughs> Good, good, good. There goes the rest of our followers. Uh, okay, I'm done. Interrupting. They starved in prisons, and they were executed by sword. Well, that tells you what year they're in. Yeah, by sword. <laughs> I want a sword. Uh, all right. I don't trust you with a sword right now, but... I'll have another one of these anymore. <laughs> Glass of champagne. Okay. So, in the ones who weren't killed, they ran off and they hid. They would go underground into rural hideaways. And about 160 years after the... the underground? Yes, I don't think literally. Okay. I think, like... Like, in the back. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is there another I don't think there underground were, community? I don't like, think they were digging holes and uh, hiding. I do want to talk about those one time. Okay. Like the communities that do. Okay. Have underground. We'll do anyways. Um, so yeah, they would hide, they would run away. And about 160 years after this, uh, there was a man named Jacob Ammon or Ammon. I think it's an Ammon, but whatever. Uh, he converted to Anabaptism and he became a Mennonite leader in the Swiss Anabaptist church. And he moved to like what's present day France, but it was called Alsatian. Hmm. Um, Wait, France was called Alsace? Well, a region of France. Okay. So there's a region in present-day France that was called Alsatian. He moved there to avoid persecution. Okay, so it was like a safe. Mm -hmm. So in 1693, he sought to revitalize the Anabaptist movement, and he had a few thoughts on what they should do going forward. Let's hear the thoughts. (laughs) So he proposed holding communion twice a year rather than only once. Which what a regular re- don't isn't it like I think it was every like Sunday? every month or something or I don't know see like I, I don't, don't think know. it was like I want to say every Sunday but I don't think it was every mm-hmm. Sunday it was definitely now I grew up Lutheran so I don't know if different ones have it different that seems very light yeah for a year and I think it has something to do with he wanted to do it twice a year versus once and maybe just because of the time that it was maybe it just evolved into doing it every month because mm-hmm. of all of our sins who knows um maybe but he wanted to propose twice a year versus once well this is where it started uptaking yeah so it was probably. once and it was twice and it was four times and it was eight but they still <laughs> only do it twice a year and it's like spring and fall and it's just to renew like things the amish like Mennonites. Mm-hmm. okay it's basically just to you know renew their vows to their god and everything okay so they do only do that twice a year. So that was one of his proposals, was doing it twice a year. He suggested that Christians would start, like, um, washing each other's feet. No. Oh so you've God. heard of that, right? No, oh, yeah. I'm going to throw it. Oh, that no. is disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I forgot you don't. You're not a feet girl. Uh, this is communion in front of people. Yeah, so that's actually a practice in a lot of religions, I think, today. Foot washing, because it's, I think, it has something to do with Christ. I don't know. Bro, Again, I'm not religious. I don't know. Maybe they did then. The calluses. Imagine the calluses. Imagine the funk. Oh my god. Ew. I didn't think this would trigger you, and I'm so no, sorry. No, like, I can't get it out. Like, can we move on, move on, move on? Yeah, we passed that. Um, so, people do that still. Yeah, I think I went to a wedding, and they did that during a wedding. A I would run. 
I would like, run out of the wedding. A basin out, and it wasn't like washing. It's like pouring water over. It was just a simple oh. thing. It's not like you get to scrub out and trim your toenails. Anything. No wonder you're over there freaking. Okay, pouring water, I can deal. <laughs> I literally thought they were like getting the crusties in between. Like, I don't know. Maybe back then it was more in depth, oh. but I think what at least what I witnessed and the only time I witnessed it, it was just like pouring water over because it was just symbolic to the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so this is gonna be a long episode. <laughs> this is, sorry. Uh, no, this is my fault. <laughs> he also forbade trimming of the beard. So this is where that began. And he forbade wearing a fashionable dress to to promote purity and spiritual discipline. Okay. Like, all right. Uh, He also taught that it was wrong to attend services in a state church. I don't hate that. In a state church. Basically in a church. Because you know they don't go to church now. Right. They host at Mm -hmm. each other's houses. Yeah. Which I kind of like that. Okay, so the state but, church is just, like, a public, like, mm-hmm. church. Okay. Sorry about now. I mean, there might be private churches that are, again, not religious. I don't know. <laughs> Let me know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Maybe educate us. People are probably, like, yelling through. <laughs> These girls are dumb. Dumb as fuck. Stop talking about religion. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, um, he also... So he administered strict discipline, and he insisted that excommuted members should be shunned socially. So that's where shunning comes from today, too. And that anyone who lied would be excommunicated and therefore shunned. I'd be excommunicated. You wouldn't even make it in because you'd lie to get your ass in. (laughs) So... Yeah, oh, they'd hate me. But I'm like, holy cow! Someone who speaks their opinion all the time, no matter what. Yeah, get the fuck out. <laughs> um, and because of that last one, the shunning and the excommunication, that drove a wedge between his followers and other Anabaptists. So this is kind of where the split started to happen. Oh, so it happened a while. Yeah, though. I thought this unless split I'm happened. wrong. <laughs> no, you're probably. I right. could be completely researching at me. Um, I just always thought. It happened, like, when they moved over to, like, America. No, I don't think so. That makes sense, I guess. So, um, he sought to reconcile with the Mennonites, and he continued, but he continued to insist that all who had been excommunicated should be avoided, and therefore, his attempts failed. His attempts failed. So, it didn't work, because he still was stuck on shunning people. Like, that was kind of his, like, faulty obsession, in a sense. Yeah, and... Part of me is kind of like, because I see why they're doing that, not (laughs) being shunned because you lie, although Mm -hmm. that's not, you shouldn't lie, but when it is something awful, when you do shun them, they have nowhere to go. So that it's no resources. When you have that fear of just being shunned by doing anything bad, you're not going to do anything bad. Right? Right. I see you're just trying to pull your hair up and realize you have no ponytail holder. (laughs) No ponytail holder. (laughs) Sorry for you. Um, yeah, that so yeah, you're obviously gonna follow the rules because the rules you don't discipline because mm-hmm. where what else are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. But I don't agree with it. So eventually like his father followers became known as the Amish and became a distinctive group on their own. Wonder like did you look into like what um like where does that like stem from like Amish like the word? You know I didn't. I, 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 I didn't it, even think about it until right now. I guess I thought it came from his name. Oh, we, so maybe that is why some people say Amon or Amon or something. 
I say Ammon. It's A-M-M-A-N-N. So to me, that's Ammon. Basically, the Amish and Mennonites are cousins. You're right. It derives from his name. Does it? Okay. I might have read that and, like, forgot that I read it. And then it just came back to me thinking it was my own unique thought. And I was being smart. But maybe I just... No, I think you put context clues together. (laughs) Who knows? You definitely knew what you're doing. (laughs) Um, But so that division of the groups happened in 1693. And they remained separate like that ever since so it's a long time but they're so similar they are still very similar i mean their beliefs are so are pretty much the same it's just the way of life that's slightly different Mm -hmm. um but amish communities sprang up in switzerland alsace or alsace germany russia and holland at this time where's alsace i think that's you know, I, I don't know. I assume that was part of the, that France region. That's because I when you said it, that's yeah. what I thought. I think it's that's, that's the French region. Um, but then, so emigration started to North America in the 19th and 20th centuries. So the 18 and 1900s is when that started. And um, so assimilation with Mennonite groups gradually eliminated the Amish in Europe altogether. So that's when they all started to come over and there wasn't... Because when I, you know, I never really thought about Amish being from another country. I did know that they were, I think because, you know, that I've talked about this topic for a while. And I think when I first looked into it is when I found out that it came from Swiss. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we all came from a different country, but like, I just didn't think. No, I thought growing up, I thought it started here too. I thought it was like the immigrants who came over and then they were, yep. And then they were like, kept their way of life. Yep. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought I didn't think it was already community in in Europe. Mm -hmm. And then that was my initial thoughts as well. Mm -hmm. So they all kind of moved over to North America. Where did they settle? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so I think I have a guess. The Amish and the Mennonites came over and they kind of settled in similar areas mm-hmm. geographically just because of you know farming and everything and animals. So they first settled in eastern Pennsylvania. I've heard of that state. Have you? Have you? <laughs> I hope. Uh, where a large settlement still remains, obviously. <laughs> Lancaster. <laughs> yeah. Or Lancaster. I no, say Lancaster. Do not call don't it Lancaster. Don't say Lancaster, but for those that don't understand when I'm saying Lancaster, it's also called Lancaster. Yeah, if you see a town in Pennsylvania and you want to say Lancaster, don't. It's Lancaster. Just, just turn around and go back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so... After like 1850, because of that split of the groups and the tensions between what they considered the new order Amish and the old order Amish. So they kind of grouped the Amish into two separate ones as well. So there's Mennonites, which, yeah, kind of. So like the Mennonites are all on their own and we're not going to get a whole lot into Mennonites anymore. So we're focusing on the Amish. We have the new order and the old order. And so the new order Amish accepted social change and technological innovation. Okay. So that answers like why we see some mm-hmm. with subs or right. cell phones. Okay. The old order is just traditional Amish mm-hmm. and they don't really conform to those things. And then over the next 50 years, about two thirds of the Amish formed separate small churches of their own. 
or they joined either like there was a Mennonite church or a general conference Mennonite church. So they still like so have the same beliefs. So new order is just like the closest to Mennonite in a sense. Yeah. In a sense. But I they're still different. Considered that. Yeah. They're still Amish. They're not right. in the Mennonite community, but they still have the same beliefs. So they all share the same church, <laughs> I guess. So, okay. Um, Weird. Settlements are divided into church districts. Oh, um, and the congregation congregations are of about like 75 baptized members. And then each district has a bishop, two to four preachers, and an elder in it. Hmm. So that's so kind of the elder, just like the like a wizard, like not a wizard, a but, wizard. <laughs> but like you know, like he has all the answers. Yeah, I, I didn't and I'm get saying into he because we know it's not we know there it's always girl for this. So. <laughs> Yeah, a bishop, two to four preachers, and an elder. So I think he's just like the one you go to, yes, for things. What? I'm just laughing at the fact that I said wizard. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if the district grows more than that amount of the 75 baptized members, then it is again divided. What? Because, well, they have to because they meet in each other's homes. Oh. You can only fit so many people in a yeah. barn or in a home. Yeah, and you can't do it outside. You're in the They're, Eastern They don't have states, a like, microphone and speakers to carry... <laughs> well, and they can't like be outside all the time, like yeah. on their many especially years. in Pennsylvania. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the real <laughs> no weather. Um, but no, so if they grow, they divide again and again and again until they. But yeah, so they don't have any church buildings because, like I said, they just hold it in their houses and they travel to each other's. They don't always keep it the same place. They keep moving around. Yeah, watch watch Sundays and Wednesdays and rural mm-hmm. PA. Don't go too fast. So their services are conducted in high German and Pennsylvania Dutch, which they're pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. It kind of converted to being called Pennsylvania Dutch when they moved over. Good job. It was the only, that's the only Pennsylvania Dutch I know. Say hello. (laughs) Good. I don't know any. So there you go. It is like, so my nieces, they actually, um, from their gram on their father's side, uh, she teaches them Pennsylvania Dutch. Oh, when they were young, I don't think they like have stuck with it that much, but they knew like the basic. That's cool. Um, the words. Yeah, I thought that was cool too. So it kind of originated from High German, and I was kind of looking at this a little bit. So there's High German and Low German, just based on the region of Germany. It's, it's probably like the high, like um, in Scotland too, with like the. The different areas. Probably. So, yeah. like, the high German was in, like, the highlands, mm-hmm. basically, where there's mountains and, like, highlands, basically. And then the low German was in flatlands. Makes sense. But it's actually weird because the highlands were southern and the low That's flatlands funny. were north. So, <laughs> it was weird. That is <laughs> it weird. opposite. It is opposite. So, they travel around. They load up their wagons and they fill them with benches and food because they always have meals after the services. And they pull all of this to the host's property mm-hmm. and set everything up and have their services. And in most of their homes, there's a special place that they reserve alongside the Bible because I think they always have like – I think they have kind of like an altar, but I don't, don't know for sure. I mean, it would make sense. For most church services, you have things laid out, like, yeah, you know. So – yeah. Um, they have, like, alongside their Bible, they have what's called the Martyr's Mirror, which is a book chronicling the Amish history and honoring all the Amish Mennonite and Anabaptist ancestors who died for their faith. That's why it's called Martyr. So, like, is their Bible the same Bible as, like, 
I don't know. The ones that are used now? Like for common folk? I don't know. The Bibles confuse me. Yeah, like, like the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, and it's just like, and everybody has this Bible. Like, is it all the same Bible? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't get into that because my brain is going to shoot excellent. No, it's okay. I mean, you have a lot. This is very important. <laughs> so... And then I just, that was kind of mostly just the history, how they got here. Very and so good. I just kind of wanted to let you know where they're located in North America today. Of course, you know, Pennsylvania, because that's where they first settled. So the largest settlements are in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois, and Kansas. I think it's interesting how many um, did move like out west, mm-hmm. like Midwest areas, because by buggy. Yeah. Or by whatever they were using at that mm-hmm. time, but probably some form of cart mm-hmm. and buggy um do you know that they take like some there's like some order where like there's the spokesman for the amish community and then they meet with there's like a secret meeting place and think it's a philly with our government officials i did not stop. and they have to talk amongst each other just for like laws regulations taxes things like that but then they also structure something because like amish will occasionally take vacations and they I guess like to go down to florida and stuff i didn't know that organize some way to like get the mass right like gen- i guess you'd have to you're not taking buggy the whole way so yeah because that was like my question like i guess getting drivers maybe and passing from van and think van. how long that because you can't just go no i think it's the drivers and stuff but like you can't if you take like back roads to get to florida Mm-mm. i mean it's 19 hours just to be on like the main interstates right or I'm, I'm talking 19 hours to get to like miami but <laughs> <laughs> anyway maybe there's miami who knows but yeah i think it's interesting um but yeah those are how the, they moved out those were the, just the largest ones was pennsylvania ohio indiana iowa illinois and kansas but then they also were found in wisconsin maine I thought Maine was odd. I was just going to say Maine's very... Just because of how, like, they're farmers, Mm -hmm. not, like, fishermen. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know how much. And also Missouri and Minnesota, which made sense. Minnesota, Um, yeah. You do that every time we say Minnesota. Do I really? (laughs) do. I don't know why. I haven't noticed it, but I have. (laughs) I don't know if it's been in a recording. I don't think it has. But you've done it. (laughs) I just like it. (laughs) It's fun. I like it. It's not about like you got that Canadian yaw to it. No, I love it. I love their accents. It's fun. Um, In the early 21st century, there were about 250,000 Amish living in more than 200 old order settlements in the U.S. and Canada. So that's just the old order settlements. Does that seem like a large population? I think so. Okay. (laughs) I was like, why do I feel that's very large? A lot. And so, all right. And then I kind of want to get into like, what are the vibes of the Amish culture? All right. What are their vibes? What are their values? (laughs) And there's this picture I included. You're going to love it. You've already seen it leading up to the episode. It was a little sneak peek about what we were talking about. (laughs) Probably set to some music. (laughs) And I do want to let you know, this is not a real Amishman in this photo. (laughs) But I had to include it. You know who you are. There's a lot out there that will recognize who this is. It's just fun, and I love it, so I had to include it. So they have four main core values in their lives. They have faith, family, community, and simplicity, which all make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for their way of life. So within their core value of faith, it's basically a cornerstone in their life. So humility, simplicity, discipline, putting God and community ahead of the individual person. 
<laughs> Julie's like, nah, nah. not for me. <laughs> um, so they attend church every other Sunday. I didn't know it was every other Sunday. I thought no, it was every, every Sunday. Sunday. It has to be because I'm telling you, these streets are loaded with Amish on but Sundays. Maybe, maybe they they're not on the same Amish schedule. Dinner. Well, too, but maybe not on the same schedule. Oh, you're right, because they have to be broken up. Mm-hmm. And there's so many. So maybe there's just, we're seeing different communities all the time on Sundays because they're on a different schedule. But that's what I read was this. I will tell you, like, surprised me. the farm back my way at the end of the road, they host something every week. Well, and I think. like, it is a- I think <laughs> when they're not having church, they're still getting together because it's their only free day. What else do you do? Yeah, exactly. It's so, their only free day. Mm-hmm. So they're socializing with their friends and family or they're having church. But I, I did read it was every other Sunday. So I could be completely wrong. And they Let don't do Wednesdays, right? Wedding uh, Weddings, the things that are on Wednesdays? I don't know I'm that. I'm pretty sure weddings are supposed to be Wednesdays. That could be. But who knows? Yeah. Um, but I did see read that their services can last three to four hours. Oh, God. <laughs> My attention span can't. I know. Um, the Amish community, it basically governs itself because of, you know, the shunning. Mm-hmm. Because it's keeping people in check. Yeah, you only have, like, a few stragglers, mm-hmm. like, a few rebels in a sense yeah huh. and they're all about you know hard labor because it's spiritual activity for them like being close to god and the earth and there's kind of is a nice thought but yeah you know so they demonstrate their religious beliefs through their own actions of discipleship plainness non-resistance forgiveness and non-violence so i mean that all kind of makes sense when yeah, you see, them, when you see them um their other their second core value is family it's the heart of the community you know they're all very close they place great value on the time that they spend together as a family and their connection with each other they run family businesses together they eat meals together attend church services they do barn raisings and when i say barn raisings that's just them building a barn but they it's termed barn raising because it's raising it up Mm -hmm. and there's other community events that they all do together um it's not crazy for families to have seven to ten it's children. Crazy if they have less than that. It is weird because, you know, <laughs> more hands make less work. No, that's exactly you know I mean? it. So that's to keep everything going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's not uncommon for farming farming families that aren't Amish as it's well. Exactly right. It's and the same like mindset. A few centuries ago, we were doing the same thing. Not even that. Not even a few centuries ago. No, like last century is the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Not previous to us, but yeah. So yeah, baby boomer generation. I think well. <laughs> is where that ended. But anyway, but um, it was because I mean, most of America were farmers, mm-hmm. and you'll see all the young kids helping out at a young age, mm-hmm. not doing crazy stuff, but like you know, feeding the animals and cleaning things up. And all and, the boys will be out working, and mm-hmm. the girls will be tending like to the household chores. Yeah. As soon as they can. The men have their chores and the women have theirs. Mm -hmm. It is very separate in their minds. Um, So the families approach life as a unit. Um, Like I said, they're very close, very close community. Um, The children learn a strong work ethic from a very young age. Um, The dedication to family continues with older family members. And the wisdom from older Amish is valued by the young and often multiple gener- generations will live together and help care for the aging family. So they even take care of 
families as they get older. Yeah. Because they, I mean, they pass on all their knowledge to them. Well, it's not like you can send them to, like, a nursing home. No, you can't. I mean, you don't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. So you have to take care of each other. Um, so the family, so they also, like, contribute um, to the strength and growth of the extended family and ultimately to their community. Um, and going into their third core is, or core value is community. The spirit of the Amish lifestyle is exhibited through their strong sense of dedication and love for their other church members. Uh, they believe that community is at the heart of their life and faith, and that the way to salvation is to live as a loving community separate from the rest of the world. Okay. So they're, <laughs> I know. And so since they're separate, since they separate themselves from the rest of society, their communities are like a, their own unique support system. So like I said about the shunning, that kind of, there's no law enforcement mm-hmm. because they have this fear of being shunned if they do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they have, you know, everyone helps each other. So like they don't really have to go outside their community for many things. Right, they have everything they need. Pretty much. Uh, they will freely help each other. They'll give their time and their skills to help everyone everyone in their community. And a huge example of that is the Amish barn raising because you don't, don't just see a couple people doing it. You see mm-hmm. several men. I'm going to actually like interrupt you here. Mm-hmm. And I will say it's very common for barn for fires at in Amish um, on Amish properties just because of... I don't really know why, but I just know that there is a lot of fires, or at least where I grew up, and the whole community would come together and there'd be a new barn, a new house, Mm -hmm. a new business put up by like the end of the week. Right. Which is just insane. Mm -hmm. Um, And another thing too is like, because they're so rural, like out in rural areas, Mm -hmm. a lot of times when those like tragedies happen, it takes a long time for help to get there. Right. It's normally community help and people like other farmers coming over Mm -hmm. and helping. But like the barn raising, I think that that is a great example because they come together so quickly Mm -hmm. to support and help each other. Yeah, which is needed. I do like that. That's really, really nice to know that you can depend on everyone in your community to come help you in time of need. Right. Um, But it takes several men to build those barns and several women to feed all the workers. So Mm -hmm. as the men are working, the women make huge meals for all of them to feed them. Um, And those barns are very symbolic to their community. They're a reminder that the Amish tradition, community, and craft comes together as one. Uh, And whether it's raising a barn or offering wisdom to fellow community members... Or consoling a grieving family, I think you mentioned that earlier, um, or providing financial assistance to each other. The members of the community support each other no matter what. Yeah, sorry, just the I way interrupted you. No, you're fine. And you pretty much just said what I said. Um, so their, I think this is their last core value is simplicity, which you see a lot in the way they live and dress. Um, so the most obvious is the choice to lead a simple lifestyle. The reason they do this is that they believe simplicity is a symbol of humility. And they take seriously the biblical commands to separate themselves from worldly things. It's like materialistic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're not about that. Um, So the way they dress, um, the Amish fashion styles are very simple. They're practical. They're modest. You'll see very plain clothes whenever you pass them. Their clothing is generally made like at home. They make all their own clothing. 
and they use plain fabrics. There's nothing crazy out there. It's always solid colors. Yeah, and, and a lot of times they won't use. They they use like pins and not buttons. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Which do you know? And this is what's funny to me. Well, I guess they're Mennonite and not Amish, I think. But you know, Verna's fabric mm-hmm. shop. Oh, okay. So they have they sell fabric for you know everyone crafting and quilting and everything. Mm-hmm. Beautiful different pattern, like so many different patterns. They don't use any of it. Oh yeah, because they they keep it all plain. Yeah, I'm like how could you sit in your store and see all these beautiful? Now they will use things quilts and stuff. But they yes, will, yeah. that's what I was about to get to. So they will use it in quilts, mm-hmm. but still nothing crazy as far as images go. But they'll use that like yeah. the fabric it's, and the pattern. I can't remember if I do include this or not, but like the very standard color. There's like it's black, mm-hmm. like a purple maybe. Do they wear dark blue. Purple, I think it's men in it actually. Oh, oh, it's purple, blue, dark blue, and black, I mm-hmm. think, or something like that. But, like, the buttons, they use pins and not buttons because right. pins are harder to go undone and, <laughs> yeah. like, they won't pop open. Mm-hmm. So, it's not, it's less of a, I guess, a temptation. Right. Which is wild. And despite advancements in our society, they do not typically utilize modern or worldly things such as electricity, technology, vehicles, and other modern conveniences that, you know, we all depend on in our lives. Like, could you imagine not having electricity, a phone, a car, anything like that? Like they, they, for the most part, do not use these things. They believe that worldliness can keep them from being close to God. So they're considered very unworldly because they keep themselves separate from the world and all things material. Um, it could present influences that may be destructive to their communities and their way of life if they would bring those into their community. Um, and so by living simply and restricting access to these unnecessary items, they feel that they can keep the modern world from intruding into their lives and allow them to remain focused on their faith and family because it's all just a distraction to them. Okay. So very simple, simple way I didn't see your little, I didn't see this here. The pictures are... No, you tell me not to read ahead, but I feel like I should read ahead so I don't interrupt you when you're about to... Oh, no, you're fine. Um, I don't mind you reading ahead in things like this when I have, like, some juicy case for you. I'll be like, don't read ahead. I know, but, like, I just said... Never mind. Okay. We'll get to it. So, a little bit more on how they dress, just because I wanted to get a little more detailed. So, the men and boys will wear broad-brimmed black hats, dark-colored suits, straight-cut coats without lapels, broad ball pants, suspenders, solid-colored shirts, and black socks and shoes. Broad ball pants, just like... I looked it up. Baggy pants? No, I don't know. It's not just, baggy, but like... I looked it up. They're buttoned. Like, yeah, I don't know. They have to be held up by suspenders. There's no zipper. Mm. Um, they do not believe in zippers. Mm-mm. Cannot do that. <laughs> That's too worldly. It's too worldly. <laughs> I can't imagine not having a zipper. I know. Um, so their shirts may fasten with conventional buttons, but their coats and vests fasten with hooks and eyes. Mm-hmm. So they'll use the buttons on their shirts, but then coats and vests and everything is still with hooks and eyes. And I think it's only like the men that have it on their shirts or like yeah, the, the children. Women, I don't right. think the women do. I don't know. That. So I, I think I have a little bit in here of that. So the old order Amish women and girls will wear bonnets, long full dresses with capes over their shoulders, shawls, and black shoes and stockings. I just don't know how they do. Like, that seems so hot to me. In the summer, like, I can't so imagine. much clothing I can't. In the winter, probably yeah, same probably one, great. But, but oh, I know. They just and with as so hot and humid as it gets in our area. Like leggings and sweatshirts. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
um, for their, their shirts. Oh no, I'm sorry. So their capes and aprons are fastened with straight pins or snaps. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the men will grow beards after they're married. So I did have that in here. I forgot about it. So it's, it is due to marriage, not age, but they're forbidden to wear mustaches. So it's beards only, like no mustache. Nope. So it's, it is weird. Like I never thought about it. I'm like, oh yeah, they'd never have mustaches. Yeah, I've never seen an Amish person with a mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it is like they shave that mm-hmm. or they'll have a full beard with that. Like, right. They never have, mu- they never have anything there. It's all just the, the sides. ones do, don't they? I don't think I've ever seen that. I think you're right. And I didn't think about it until this. And I'm like, you know. I think you're right. No, you are. That's why it looks so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look how small their lips are. <laughs> That's because there's a mustache. Well, and the beard, like, makes... I feel like it draws more attention to you. Um, the women never cut their hair. They're so not allowed to cut their hair, which I never thought about that either because you don't see their hair. Well, because they pull them, yeah, like, they have up to. They have to wear it up in a bun. You're not allowed to wear jewelry of any kind either. I never thought about that. I'm like, no, they don't. They have no wedding rings. No jewelry. Mm-hmm. They can't shave. They can't cut their hair. Yeah. It's very... Mm-hmm. And I can't get for the no mud. Like, I can't believe I've never... <laughs> never like, noticed it. But now I know. Like, yeah. Now, like, now always, I'm seeing it, I'm like, I, I've known that. Like, yeah. And now you're going to be so focused on that. Every time you run a, across one, you're going to be like, just staring at the lack of mustache. <laughs> Anyway, so my next question, how do they get around? Most people know they use horse and buggy, but they also will ride bicycles and scooters. So you'll see that a lot. Oh, it makes me so nervous when I see the little kids on the busy road that is in front of my house. They're just going down back Mm -hmm. and forth. They're just playing on their scooters. It's very dangerous. I'm like, I pulled out. Come play in my backyard. Get off the road. Pulled out of my road once. Not very recently, and there's like I don't know, a drainage ditch of some sort. Unless this is a very tiny creek. I don't know what it was. There's a little ditch to the side of the road. And I went to make a turn and I just happened to glance down to the ditch and I saw like a scooter that was just dumped there. I'm like, oh my god, is there an Amish boy down there? Or what well, happened? There were two in the, I think within the last like five years, there's been two like hit and runs in the valley. Oh, with them like on a bike or a scooter. It's not even like a bike, it's like the scooter and a bike combo mm-hmm. like you stand on it yeah but i want one though <laughs> of course you <yeah. laughs> um so they get around traditionally on those things and in buggies and the buggies are traditionally black in color which is what we see black or gray for the most part in our area yeah but there's also buggies that i have not seen this in person that are white yellow and you, as you, you had mentioned earlier to me, brown. I've seen the white and brown. Um, and I don't know if that stems from maybe their community or like right, their or the resources, type of, the type of it. Like, mm-hmm. And I also, like, I don't know if this is true or not, so I'm going to put this out there. But, like, I was told, too, like, it almost, the color and the make of their buggies symbolizes, like, their societal, like, status in a mm-hmm. sense. So, like, the nice black ones are, you're, like well off well off mm-hmm. or like the brown ones with i think it's like white roofs or something like that is your more like your but i also poor. can't imagine a poor amish family with the community the way that it is yeah because they're always helping each other, each other out. so i don't yeah so that's why i don't know like that right. was just what i've heard before mm-hmm. but i feel like it probably stems more so like where you fall in the line of old and new 
like where their practices are, like where they're, and also their areas. Like I think things yellow. Like I barely see yellow. I'm wondering if that's like in Ohio, like things like that. Right. Well, and I have here too that there are some that paint their buggy when the daughters mm-hmm. are ready. Mm-hmm. Now I wrote <laughs> ready to bed, but I think I meant ready to wed. <laughs> ready to bed. <laughs> the daughters are ready to bed. We paint that bitch. We paint it. Oh, man. That's not what I meant. Yeah, I don't uh, think they do that. When they're ready to be wed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I've heard that too. Well, I've heard the door thing. Mm. Which we, I think you might have put in that afterwards. But yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's like advertising. Yeah, I guess. Especially when you have to like outsource now. Unless it's just like celebratory and they're like oh yeah like having like a you know a distinct buggy for the right the bread yeah that's made me think of it child bread um yeah (laughs) so and some of these buggies like you mentioned earlier which i didn't think it was to that extent but some are equipped with modern conveniences such as heaters windshield wipers and upholstered seats when i'm freezing in my car yeah there's gotta be they have to have heat i'm like how are you in a buggy yeah it's not safe. So, and of course, they will also use electric flashers because they have to be able to drive legally on the road. Yeah, they have otherwise. to have the reflectors and things mm-hmm. on it. Or get- so that's like one of their exceptions to using electricity mm-hmm. is that. Um, they will also take rides in vehicles from from the English mm-hmm. on occasion and in emergencies. I feel like I see it quite a bit, though. That's a, I think it's just more common now but that's like a common job oh yeah people driving Mm -hmm. drive the amish they'll like they'll buy a van a big van Mm -hmm. and then they just keep that and then they can make some good money there was a lot of people in high school that was their part-time job really like they would get out and then they went and they make bank because you're getting cash yeah that's easy money i would take that (laughs) yeah in my separate vehicle some pennsylvania dodge (laughs) um so a little bit about the old order Amish versus the new order Amish, which I did mention earlier. It's just kind of like some are more accepting and or the new are more accepting the older not. They're more traditional. So the new order are more accepting of modern advances and they'll permit the use of electricity, owning of cars. Oh. I yeah, that surprised me. And telephones in the home. So that makes sense though, because like there are some where I'm like how are you Amish but you have cars parked in your mm-hmm. your well I guess that makes sense okay. yeah and maybe it's just nice cars too like nice trucks right so well they they I think a lot make a lot of money on farming so they can afford on it on farming on the construction mm-hmm. all of that markets for sure the old order though obviously doesn't permit these things but they will occasionally use electricity if needed for things such as like farm equipment and electrical fences and they'll use like a communal phone like Mm -hmm. you had mentioned before and i do want to say like they'll have farm equipment but for the most part like if you're coming around an amish dense area in the summer or harvest time and stuff you'll see mules Mm-hmm. being drug through the fields, you know, tilling and plowing mm-hmm. and harvesting, things like that. Like, so some do use the machinery, but some are still using like yeah. what 
was done centuries ago. Yeah, they prefer to use other, like, alternative power sources before they get to the point of having to like a mule <laughs> like a mule or like Force power probably like steam engines even yeah for some of the equipment mm-hmm. and gas before they go to electricity right um and some differences between the amish and mennonites so like i mentioned before their faith is very similar so that's pretty much because that's where it originated they're cousins in the religious area of their lives. But unlike Amish, the Mennonites are not prohibited from using motorized vehicles or transportation. So you will see them driving around and not always using buggies. And then also they can use electricity and telephones in their homes where the Amish do not. Although some of the new order Amish will. Mm -hmm. So again, the Mennonite and the new order are somewhat similar, but the Mennonites are still a little bit more They're integrated in with like Mm -hmm. the quote English more too. Like you'll see... Right. You'll see them out and about, like, mm-hmm. in community. And you'll notice, like, the way they dress is... Very so light colors. Sometimes they're not as strong. The men I seem to dress however they want to dress. If oh, they want to yes. dress, like, more Amish and conserved, they will. If, if they, they want to dress jeans and a like the regular English, they will. Mm-hmm. But the women still have to be more conserved, mm-hmm. but are still relaxed in the strict color code of yes. what they wear. So that's kind of just a little bit of differences between them. And... Just some more facts on the Amish here that I want to throw in. So <laughs> I wrote, so of course, their barn raisings are super, super <laughs> popular. When I wrote up my notes, I had a typo and I wrote barn raisins and I forgot the G and I left it because I'm like, barn raisins. I don't think you want to eat that because it's probably a turd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so one of their famous famous symbols you'll see hex signs so you see them all over the place you see them on their barns mm-hmm. they're the round geometric emblems that are painted to ward off evil mm-hmm. and you also find them quilted into their quilts <laughs> i said that weird but you'll see them sewn into their quilts there we go um they typically allow for photography of their way of life but they forbid photos of themselves yeah, like it can't be like a materialistic self. Right. They believe indulging. that those things are graven images and they're in violation of the Second Amendment. Yeah. And for the same reason, their dolls I find this so do crazy. not have faces. I know. I find that wild. So if you've ever seen their dolls, which I don't know if you have, but you might I have, yeah. I have. And it's creepy. There's no faces mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's just a blank face. I know. No face. It's so weird to me. Mm-hmm. And I get it because of their beliefs. Right. But it's so weird. I know. Um, musical instruments are forbidden by the old order. That is brutal. Because it goes against their core values. But other Amish may play in private, such as accordions or harmonicas. <laughs> oh, man, what a life. I know. Singing, though, is important to them in work and in play. I mean, what else are you going to do? I know, you have to have. I mean, music something. is part of the soul. Like, you yeah. have to have something. And so group singing is always in unison, but it is never harmonized. Oh, no. My Could dear. you imagine? <laughs> oh, I would go crazy. Yeah. Um, the Amish quilts are stitched by women and girls, and it's a popular... Um, I'm sorry. So it's popular with the tourists as well. So that, that's a huge thing that people go, like. Mm-hmm. I got an Amish quilt. Yeah. <laughs> they'll go to Lancaster and they'll buy quilts. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's also a form of socialization with each other and relaxation. I don't know how quilting is relaxing, but I know that I'm sure it is for some people. <laughs> I think it would just be stressful. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, they're very intricate. Yes. They're so detailed. And so children, like many, I mean, most of us might know who live in the area when it comes to school, the children attend one room schools. I was going to ask if you covered this. Mm -hmm. They are run by the community and they attend only through the eighth grade which was deemed accept- acceptable in the U.S. by a 1972 Supreme Court ruling, Wisconsin versus Yoder. Mm-hmm. They also, um, during harvest season, so in the fall, boys don't go to school. That makes sense. Because they need to be on, mm-hmm. on the farm. I'm telling you what, they can do math a lot better than we can do math. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning you and me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know. Because, I mean, they deal with it all the time in their business. So. Yeah. Once you just start building, you know, like, you know. <laughs> Not to out us as being bad at math, but. Uh, yeah, we didn't throw shade, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, so, Rumspringa, which some people have heard of, it's the rite of passage before they make their choice to commit to the church. They face fewer restrictions during this time in their behavior, but the most most of them eventually do just choose to be baptized regardless. It was always fun when the Amish would go and rum spring out around us. Mm-hmm. This one in particular was named Elvis, <laughs> and he went wild. He loved to come yeah. to the parties. But they still, for the most part, end up going back. Yeah. There's very few. I don't. Because I think if you don't, you are shunned. Yeah. And like, that's, that's like your whole family. That's it's, your whole yeah. community. What do you do? Where do you go? Exactly. Um, so some sports that they like to play, volleyball and softball. Volleyball and softball. Some of you may have seen that driving by the farms on a Sunday afternoon. They have nothing to do. They're playing volleyball or playing softball. They'll have flower gardens as long as it's simple. Because, again, they don't want to be extravagant. Mm-hmm. They just want, like, natural looking. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're also pacifists, which is not surprising, and they do not serve in the military. So can they get drafted? No. Okay. Uh, and they have nothing to do with politics. Mm-hmm. They don't believe in that. Um, they will visit doctors, dentists, or opticians if they need to, which I know I've seen Amish in doctor's offices before. It's not abnormal yeah. for me. For some people it might be, but some of them will vote, which I didn't think that they're not in politics why are they voting well only like i guess like less than 10 percent of them will vote in the presidential elections so not in any like you know smaller i think it makes more sense to vote in the local than the presidential i don't know not you it's just what i read bro uh they'll sleep in the same bed but on their own sides and there's going to be a board running through the middle to keep them separate i need that (laughs) (laughs) don't touch me So they can speak, but they cannot touch. And that's also like... Is the board like nailed in? Like, can it be removed? I don't think. I don't know. I wonder if someone like watches them all night to make sure they don't... No. Get frisky. I don't think so. I mean, they obviously get frisky once in a while. This is before marriage you're talking about? No, I think this is during (gasps) marriage. They still keep a board running Oh, do they have... Are they like... Do they have like their own room? Do they like... You know how some people have like the... Like the sex room? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. They sleep with, like, after getting married. They Again, sleep. I could be completely wrong and full of shit, so please let me know. But it seemed like it was also after marriage that they kept a board running through between them. But maybe not. Maybe this is just before marriage. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you're not supposed to be, like, in the, I know. like you're just supposed to be. I mean, they don't have birth control, so. Yeah. They have, I don't know. 
Anyway. Okay. Okay. I hope I, I hope I'm teaching you something. You're teaching me a lot, actually. <laughs> um, so I wanted to get into a little bit of their holidays. So they celebrate two Christmases on the 25th, like we celebrate Christmas, but also the day after on the 26th. And it, they're both called like Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay. They have Easter, um, Good Friday, and Easter Monday. There's no Easter Bunny in their holiday, but they will color eggs and have Easter egg hunts. You gotta do something to entertain them. They celebrate Ascension Day, which is 40 days after Easter Sunday. And this is this they recognize this day as the mark of Jesus's bodily ascension or return to heaven. Okay. Pentecost is celebrated 50 days after Easter, and they do it on the Monday. And it commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit on the apostles and other disciples following the crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. Um, and it marks the beginning of the Christian church's mission to the world. And I don't know what any of this stuff means. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. They celebrate Thanksgiving. New Year's Eve is a normal day for them, but some of them will stay up and watch the clock strike midnight. They're not watching the ball drop, but they'll, they'll watch the clock strike midnight. And then New Year's Day is a day off for them. But there are some who under the age of 21 will still work because on that day, they can keep the money that they earn. Whereas on a normal day, you cannot. Up until the age of 21, all of your money goes to your family. Oh. So this is the only thing that can make themselves money. Yep. That is why. That's a weird rule. Uh, And so, like I mentioned before, their communion, they hold in spring and fall. And the communion can be six to eight hours long and even up to a whole day. (laughs) They confess their sins to each other. They focus on strengthening their community and commitment to God. They have wine and bread. What they do the foot washing. Have? Don't think about that. But they do. They will do the foot washing. They have Those sermon. Salmon. <laughs> no. They'll have their sermon and then a meal. Um, and then that's it for the holidays. But I want to throw this in here. So there's <laughs> so the budget established in 1890 is the national newspaper serving the Amish and Mennonite communities and is published in Sugar Creek, Ohio. I did not know they had their own newspaper, but it's called The Budget. How do they, like, get it out? I don't know. Pony Express, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's mostly what I covered. I did kind of go into pop culture a little bit in movies and television. So most people heard of Breaking Amish. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the reality series that provides a unique look into the lives of young men and women as they break free from their Amish or Mennonite traditions to pursue dreams in another world altogether. But a lot of the show is scripted drama and cast members have admitted that only about 60% of it is genuine. So, which obviously, I mean, nothing Obviously, they got to keep it... They got to get the views, but mm-hmm. if you're going to, like, do kind of a documentary, like, put the right stuff out. Right. And, uh, Amish Mafia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Reality. They say reality series. It's never a reality series, okay? So reality series that follows members of the, quote, unquote, Amish Mafia in their efforts to keep the peace within the Amish community in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and protect them from outsiders, the English, as they deal with internal struggles for power as to who will lead the mafia. I love that. Obviously, everything is staged and no way represents Amish life. And then this one, I actually recently watched None because I was so interested. They're not married, but it, like none of them have beards or anything like in that. Oh, I know. It's, it's all fake. Yeah. 
This one, this next one I did watch recently because I was very interested in it. It's called Amish Witches, The True Story of Holmes County. And I was like, oh, this is going to be so good. I can't wait to learn like about their, you know, their community healers. The true story of Holmes The true story of Holmes County, which okay. is Ohio. So this is about like a reality TV crew visits Holmes County, Ohio to document the lives of an isolated sect of Swartz and Truber Amish. That's the family is Swartz and Truber. Their production is halted by the death of a, I forget how they said this. If it was. I think it was Brahau. Okay. Brahau. That would make sense. Which is an Amish witch. And there's weird stuff that starts to happen. And, but it's, it's basically the Blair Witch Project Amish edition. Like a recreation of just like a <laughs> it's story. not a true story. It's complete fiction. I couldn't find that it was based on anything. The family, I think, exists like that name, but it's strictly entertainment. Mm. And it's a shame. I I was really bummed about it because I went in thinking, oh, I'm actually going to learn something because it's like it says the true story mm-hmm. of Holmes County. Yeah. It's not. So I watched it, and if I would have went in with a different mindset, like, oh, I'm just looking to be entertained by a little scary movie, it would have been different. It would have been good because mm-hmm. it was it wasn't bad when you think of it as just entertainment. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely Blair Witch vibes. It feels like that. It wasn't bad, but I was pissed that I went in thinking it was going to be yeah something yeah. educational, and then. There is this movie, I forget if this was from like the 70s or 80s, but it's called The Witness. This was Harrison Ford, so many might have, some of you might have seen it. But it's about a young Amish boy who witnesses a brutal murder and his mother seeks protection from a police officer. It's very, it's rated very well, but I never ended up watching it. But it's out there if you want to see it. Cool. Yeah, so that's all I have. I know I talked for a long time. That was so informational. But there was a lot to this, more than I bargain for okay so that was pretty much all i had if you want to get into what you have for us today i think you mentioned a little bit of the negative side of the amish culture maybe some crime involved there because i there is a bit of a theme so far in our episodes where we like to incorporate a little bit of crime (laughs) we like the history and then we like the crime yeah we like the good and the bad so (laughs) you have to make it interesting Mm -hmm. um Yeah, so like I said earlier, the Amish community was something I was very used to growing up in or around. Um, To me, they just seemed a lot more conservative, uh, extremely religious, but well-disciplined. It wasn't until I moved away um, from, like, the small town Mm -hmm. for college that I started, like, questioning, you know, what are their deep secrets? How do things function? Like the Amish mafia. not really, not, like, what's problematic, right. uh, which I guess problematic can be biased because mm-hmm. what I find problematic might not be to others. Um, but, like, they're unmodern ways of living. So, as you've stated, the men do the work. Mm-hmm. Females uh, are home helpers. Yeah, yeah, they... they there's very strict rules with the sexes, things like that. We've already talked about they start courting at 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that comes a lot of problems, which we'll get into. Right. I also want to talk about um, 
some horrific stories as well that have made me like want to get into this mm-hmm. and kind of see what could be problematic in the unmodernization. Yeah. And you mentioned we might have like a little bit of a trigger. Yes. And I'm going to, I'm so. going to have, before I get into that section. So I have two little crimes. The one shouldn't be much of a trigger. I will have, I'll stop and tell everybody what I'm talking about mm-hmm. then and they can decide if they want to keep. So they don't really, they go to doctors, but they don't really utilize modern medicine. Like they have their, um, I don't, what is it called for when you're giving birth? The housewife, midwife. That's it. (laughs) I know what I'm saying. Um, things like that. But guys, a little bit of a trigger warning here for a short limp of a story if you don't want to listen to it please fast forward to one hour 26 minutes and 15 seconds i won't say where i won't say anything like that but a family member of mine is a um rn she's the head nurse in an emergency room mm-hmm. near our area um and where her hospital is located there's pretty much two forms of emergencies that come in it's drug-related mm-hmm. crimes or gunshots, things like that, or Amish-related injuries. That's so surprising. And that varies in the form of, like, child abuse. So, like, children being brought in with like, bruises, broken bones, things like that, where, like, they're also told that they can't explain, like, they can't explain it other than it's a farm accident. Hmm. The, you know, the the workers, the nurses. Well, I'm surprised they're even bringing them in. Things like that. Yeah, it's to like a point where it's really bad. Like they actually need help. Mm-hmm. So not like minor things. Um, there's a lot of domestic abuse and sexual abuse. They don't label it as that because they're pretty much sworn to just silence. And they, men will never leave the room with the nurses oh. or anything. Like it's not private care. That's so scary. Um, so they are for sick quiet. There's a lot of women, young women that come in um, after like a miscarriage or abuse mm-hmm. or or she is in the middle of labor and pretty much they come in when it's like do or die. So one of the more horrific stories that I've heard was this woman, she had been in before and they were, they, she was really young. Like her body should not be carrying a child. Oh God. The child, when she came in, his head was stuck. How young? Like she wasn't even 20 yet. The, and this was her second time coming in. Oh. Child was stuck. Um, couldn't get out. The only way, because they waited like hours before ever coming to the hospital, was for them to crush the baby's skull oh my to God. get it out. Uh, I know. Like, it makes me like want to cry, was too. Was the oh. baby already passed at yes. that point? Okay. Yeah. Like, the baby was... they. But how horrific. It was either they both die or right. get the, the child out. And they tried to say, like, she she can't get pregnant, like, right away. But that's what happens. Like, as soon as they leave, they're getting pregnant again. They mm-hmm. are, you know, forced into this. I don't even want to say forced because they it is their religion. Maybe they don't see it that way. But, like, it is sad. Mm-hmm. Um and traumatic a lot of the nurses and practitioners and doctors and such have had to go through therapy from the trauma mm, i'm of sure i can't incidents. that one specifically i cannot imagine i know it gives me chills um so like i said like there are some issues mm-hmm. that i see as negatives or problematic with us um that being said, my focus today is learning 
a little bit more about just Amish crimes, how the community and church handles these crimes, um, and like the discipline and the revealing of their dark secrets. So common American traditions such as mustache, yeah, divorce, and murder have no place in Amish society. Um, but there are always exceptions. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about Edward Gingrich. Is that a common? It's a common name, name. around here. Okay. Last name. I don't know about everywhere, but around here, I'm assuming too. Like a lot of people, I think this is why the community I was raised in is really close with Amish. A lot of them were break away from Amish communities. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they left or whatnot. So his exact birthday, I don't know. I just know he was born in 1966. Okay. Um, he was an Amish man from Rockdale Township. Rockdale. I'm so sorry. I just want to make sure I pushed record. I was like, did we go this far? <laughs> um, so he is from Rockdale Township, Crawford County, Pennsylvania. And where is that? Um, I did have it memorized, but not <laughs> Crawford County, you said? It is Rockdale Township, Crawford County. Oh, I did look it up. It is right. Same. I'm so sorry. If you hear a little bit of crying, it's just Salem. It's like north. It's definitely it's like the northern region of PA. Not quite central. It's more towards the east side, but it's near the central area of northern PA. Okay. Okay. So he was from Rockdale Township, which we just established where that is, and he was convicted of manslaughter in 1993, becoming the first Amish person to be convicted of homicide. Which, like, he can't be the first person. There's no way. Out of all the He's the first one to be convicted. Right. Right. Um, So I just, I was like, there's no way they've been around for that many centuries and no one has murdered Mm -hmm. anybody. Even accidentally. Right. Right. So background, Edward, which I will refer to him probably as Ed in Mm -hmm. this, just because the sources also referred to him as that, um, was always on the outskirts of his Amish community. He was seen as a rebel from an early age. He loved to spend a lot of time in the woodshop, finding interest in the very limited machinery Mm -hmm. the Amish would allow themselves to operate. He also would find interest in interacting with non-Amish people, whom they refer to, which we said... Uh, these people are referred to as English, regardless of their ethnicity. Okay. So, <laughs> Salem is mad at you. <laughs> so even if just if you're not Amish, you're English, mm-hmm. regardless of anything else. He's so mad. Give him some food. I'm not good. <laughs> I hope you guys can hear him. <laughs> He's the cutest thing. Okay, so however apprehensive the community was towards Edward, he still needed to be married off. Because obviously what we've talked about, like, that is a a purpose. At a date unknown to me again, Edward married Katie. They did not provide Katie's last name. I'm assuming, too, with how they, like, her last name is Gingrich. You know what I mean? Like, they, they probably, like, don't even, like, acknowledge the name, the maiden name. Right. Before. That's at least what I was thinking. Unless but I it was know. also Gingrich was her maiden name. Oh, me. Honestly, maybe. <laughs> the community believed that if Ed married an unwaveringly, unwaveringly faithful woman, she would have a good influence on the troubled man. Mm-hmm. The two 
I don't think that's how it works. Really. I don't think so either. <laughs> but they ended up getting married and they quickly gave birth to a son, which by quickly it was probably like literally they got pregnant that night. Mm-hmm. Um, but this did not help Ed. It, it made him become severely depressed. So to deal with his depression, he would continue to work in the wood shop and confide in his English friend, Dave Lindsay. Okay. Lindsay would tell Ed that, quote, unless he renounced his Amish faith and became a born-again Christian, like himself, he would go to hell. Okay. So, like, that clearly helps him. That's a good friendship. <laughs> yeah. Clearly, this advice did not help Gingrich in any capacity. His mental state continued to deteriorate, and eventually he would begin hallucinating. And he had a psychotic break that scared his Amish community to the point of them contacting 911 for help. And you know that's serious. Literally, I said in parentheses, must have been pretty serious. Like, you don't just call someone 911 on someone in your community. (laughs) Say hello. Hi, buddy. I know. You gonna help up? Yeah? You wanna take over? We'll have to cut this part out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm gonna put this away. (laughs) So seeking forced medical help, Ed would be diagnosed with uh, paranoid schizophrenia and he was prescribed medication to ease his symptoms. I'm surprised that they even take prescription medication a lot of times. We'll actually get into it. But yeah, they do have prescription medication. A lot of the times, though, I think it's for a control mechanism. They lie, too, to like to their community member who's prescribed it. They will say, like, oh, it's like a sleep aid or something like that. But it's also it's actually like an antipsychotic. What would they lie and say that it is? Like a sleeping pill. A sleep- so they're lying and should be excommunicated and therefore shunned. <laughs> yeah, no, it's literally, we'll get into that more in the other case about yeah. that, but um, I was surprised by that too, hmm. but it always seems like an antipsychotic if they're prescribed. Wow. So like most people, the medication would ease the hallucinations, but it would put him in a strongly disliked zombie state, mm-hmm. um, which led him to stop taking the prescribed doses, which is very common too. Right. I feel like people, you don't like to feel not like yourself. No. I agree. Um, even if yourself is really down, like yeah. you still are crazy. <laughs> that stopping of the doses continued to deteriorate his state of mind. Go back to Dave Lindsay, his English friend, um, and other evangelists. Yeah. It's always a tough one. Even Because I, I want to say evangelists. It's evangelist but i want to say the evangelical like right like you know what i mean so dave lindsay and other evangelists who would visit ed at the woodshop lectured him about renouncing his faith and led him to believe that he was being confined and almost held captive by his wife katie so like who the fuck are these people i feel bad for him at this i know like you have your amish community like being like, you're on the outskirts, you're you a rebel, help. you don't belong here, you need to do this mm-hmm. to belong here. And then you have the English people who are like, like, maybe you don't stand for the Amish community, but you don't, you don't tell people this, like, that are that down bad, you know? I don't know. I, Dave, he should be held accountable for what's about to happen, in my opinion. But, um, so he would lecture him about renouncing the faith, believe that he was being confined by Katie. Reports stated that this would lead to Ed, um, lead Ed to begin believing Katie was associated with the devil. 
Hmm. All of this would lead... I think it is important, too. Like, they probably don't have the... We barely even have the resources for mental health, um, uh, education, rehabilitation, things like that. So I can't even imagine what mental health is like. And, like, it's probably definitely a taboo. Like, you you aren't depressed. Get your shit together. Like, that's what I'm imagining. Um, so all of this would lead up to March 18th, 1993, when Ed Gingrich, Gingrich entered his home through the kitchen where Katie was working. He would punch her in the face, knocking Katie to the ground, yelling. Katie then was yelling for her six-year-old son to go and run for help. Their son would seek help running over a mile to his uncle's house. Oh. Which, I mean, even if you're running, he's six years old. That's so sad. That probably took, like, 15-plus minutes, right? Uh, like, a six-year-old cannot be doing, like, a five-minute mile. No. Maybe. However, by the time his uncle would arrive to help, he would walk into a horrific crime scene, finding Katie dead. Seeing his brother standing beside her gruesome body, covered in blood, he feared for his own life, and he fled the house, running to a nearby English family family where he called 911. When Assistant Fire Chief and EMT Andy McLaughlin arrived, he was not prepared for the horrific scene he was about to walk into. Edward had beaten Katie to death, even taking the time to put on heavy high-top boots and stomp on Katie's skull until she was left unrecognizable. Oh, my God. You think that's horrific? Yeah. Well, he didn't stop there. He also... Where do we get to the trigger part? (laughs) What? Oh, trigger warning? Yeah. Are we not there yet? No, this is that's a different case. Okay. But yeah, trigger warning, this is gruesome. <laughs> um, but that wasn't the most horrific part. He removed all of her internal organs and piled them beside her body. Oh no. Yeah, dude. In the police interrogation recordings with Ed, um, he can be heard saying, quote, for some reason, I think we can still save her. So like, that just tells you how mentally unstable he, he definitely was. Did they... Especially going off antipsychotics like did that. Did they get into like, why he did that? Why they, he pulled all that stuff out or everything out of her? No, I think he just went crazy. Like, I wonder what was going through his head that he thought that... I think that he blacked help. out. Like, because yeah. he was so delusional, he thought they could save her. Mm-hmm. He ripped out all of her organs and stomped her head literally to the ground to mush. And he was like, we can save her. Like, I think that's how, like, delusional and how far that, that so mental sad. instability went. I know. So, Ed would go on trial. Uh, he was found guilty of involunt- involuntary manslaughter, but mentally ill. He would be sentenced to a minimum term of two and a half years. What? And maximum of five years with credit for time served since his May 1993 incarceration. That's it, dude. So they were counting the time before his time served, mm-hmm. and that it would only it would cut it down to only five years max mm-hmm. for killing his wife so brutally. Mm-hmm. Being eligible, he would be eligible for parole by late 1995. Gingrich um, would be denied his first bid for parole in December 1995, um, but at the age of 34, on March 19, 1998, he had officially served his full sentence and was released from the State Correctional Institution in Mercer, Pennsylvania. Oh, my God. But that wasn't the last of Edward Gingrich. Of course not. 
spring 2007, Ed was in the news again after attempting to kidnap his now 15-year-old daughter. So, like, they had a son and daughter, probably more kids that mm-hmm. weren't talked about. Um, but also, these were from different sources. So, um, mm-hmm. I might be wrong with the, but everything that I read with the kidnapping, it was the daughter that was younger than the son. Okay. So, um, and the son would have been pretty cool, like older than that. Mm-hmm. Now. But after attempting to kidnap his 15 year old daughter from his parents who had custody, he was in the news, like I said, but he didn't succeed. Um, Ed's time in the Amish community and on earth would come to an end in January of 2011. He was found hanged in a barn in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania, where he had been living with his attorney. He would write, quote, forgive me, please, in the dust atop a bucket before dying by suicide. So, like, that was just, like, a little short. I just thought it was the first conviction and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of hung up. He was living with his attorney at that point. Yeah, and that also hung me up. But I'm assuming the community. <laughs> I'm sure like, know where to go. And the attorney was probably, like, Amish. Maybe. I would assume. And he probably, like, wasn't a lot. His, I'm assuming they shunned him for that. Oh, yeah. So, that know. is. That's really sad all around. Now, I did include some pictures. I'll move this around for you, mm-hmm. for him. So this is him like walking to trial here. Okay. And you can see like the blue, the vest, the no mustache. Mm-hmm. Um I think this is when they first took him in, because like you can see blood on his face here. Yeah. And here. And that's just like a picture of him. Ugh. Wild. And how old would he so he would have been in so his thirties. Yeah, so when this happened. Early thirties. So, in 1998, he was 34. Okay. And he was born in 66. Ish. Maybe. Ish, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. So, that's that. So, not only do the Amish... I've never heard of that, by the way. I've never heard of that either. Hmm. So... I wonder if it's, like, a story that, like, the Amish communities talk about now at all. Or, I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe they don't acknowledge it. Maybe. So I don't know. I'm curious if it's ever talked about. That's, like, a brutal murder, mm-hmm. though. Mm-hmm. Imagine, like, watching your mom just, like... No. Mm, makes me sick. I can imagine walking in, like, one, your nephew comes and gets you. How does your brain process what when you walk You're like, that? okay, it's probably pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But does anybody expect it to be, like, that bad? Like, I'd probably throw up. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Like, that's a human life. That's the the mother of your children. Mm -hmm. Like, some respect. But like I said, I think here, like, what I've realized with that, too, is you really got to think about, like, the mental illness and stuff and how they treated Mm -hmm. that. And then also, like, his friends. Right. You One, he's already... If he's getting prescribed for, like, schizophrenia or something like that, you're putting stuff in his head that, like, his wife is the devil? Like, you can't do that. No. That's why I think they should have been held accountable mm-hmm. to some, like... To some degree. Yeah. Some like, way. manipulating a mentally ill, Ill yeah. person. I don't know. It makes me sick. Yeah. Not saying, like, they didn't do the crime. They obviously... I don't think you ever think... I'm going to say this to try and, like, push someone to get out of their unhappiness. They're going to do, like, a real murder. But, mm-hmm. like, no, no. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> right. Ugh. 
So not only do the Amish at times stray away from their core beliefs and values of human life, you know, thou shalt not murder. Is mm-hmm. that a thing? I think so. It sounds right. <laughs> and if you put thou in front of it, I think it sounds official. <laughs> they also have an abundance of unreported sexual assault. Yeah. Rape and abuse crimes that are never resolved and continue from generation to generation. Um, think about it. They have yet to evolve in any sense of the modern world with the exception of, you know, small motors, batteries, cell phones, things like that. So is it really that much of a shock that the women are being treated like it's the 1500s? I guess not. But still, I feel like there should be more um, attention to yeah. the unreportedness. Mm-hmm. So full disclaimer. Oh boy. This is where the disclaimer is- comes. Um, my next crime covers sexual assault, violence, rape, and abuse. If any of these are or can be a trigger for you, please be advised and use your own judgment to continue listening. I do realize that this is a sensitive subject, but I do think it's important to bring up when talking about the Amish community. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have or are being sexually assaulted and wish to seek resources, we have included numbers and links in our show notes for you to utilize and or send to someone you know that needs help. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. I don't know. Like, different things can be triggers for some people, but Mm -hmm. this is very much strictly on child sexual assault and sexual assault. So putting that out there. Can I leave? Yeah, is this a trigger for you? (laughs) No, (laughs) Do I have to stay and listen? I mean, I can talk to myself. I'm okay. Go ahead. Um, To move forward past the trigger warning, please go to two hours, 15 minutes, and 10 seconds. Um, I won't get, like, too into detail on that, but it Mm -hmm. is the main topic. Yeah. So the following information is from typeinvestigations.org. The article was published in January 14, on January 14th, 2020 by Sarah McClure. She spent a year reporting and investigating um, with like some help with Cosmo. So they, which I don't know what that is, but not, not like, Cosmopolitan, like not oh. that, but like some other investigation oh, okay. thing. They came together and spent over a year just on this case. Wow. So a little bit of background before we dive in. Uh, the po- reporter, Sarah McClure, is that what? Yeah, McClure. She has identified 52 official cases of Amish child, Amish child sexual assault in seven states over the past two decades. That's just herself that she has reviewed. How many was that? 52 official cases in over seven states. This number does not even begin to capture the full picture. Every victim that she had talked to or was interviewing, mostly women, but there are men, told her that they were dissuaded by their family or church leaders from reporting the abuse to police or had been conditioned to not seek out, not seek outside help. Um, some even said that they would be intimidated and threatened with excommunication. Yeah. Sarah can be quoted saying... Um, their stories describe a widespread decentralized cover-up of child sexual abuse by Amish clergy. So, just putting this up. Oh my gosh. Okay. With that being said, <laughs> let's um, also point out that Amish women have recently pushed their own female-driven movement, similar to the Me Too movement. 
Yeah. So founder and director of Safe Communities, an organization created to prevent sexual abuse, spoke on the movement saying it's much slower and less highly visible than like the Me right. Too movement. Clearly. I mean, it's going to be. Yeah. You, you don't have like mainstream media mm-hmm. or things. But she has seen a real uptick over the past 10 years in Amish women coming forward. <sighs> the women don't have Twitter or Facebook, like I said, to hear about each other, but their strong communication system within their communities. So it's probably not in that draws paper either. Right. It draws courage and strength from each other. Yeah. So like it's hard to be the first one to step out, but once oh, you yeah. start seeing it and stuff, mm-hmm. they're they're coming together. So it's, I'm glad that they have that. But it's sad that it's taking like this long. I mean all right, well, I'm about to get into okay. this. Um, for the protection of victims, I have uh, used Sarah's name changes. So okay. none of these names are, are the real names. Gotcha. Around the year 1988, Sadie would be welcomed into the world, but not the world that we're used to mm-hmm. or think of, the world of the Amish. As a child, Sadie would be shielded by all outside influences, would never be allowed to watch TV or listen to pop music or even get her learner's permit. A childhood far different from the average American. But unlike technology-driven, fast-paced life set, unlike our technology-driven, fast-paced mm-hmm. lifestyle, Sadie would attend a one-room Amish schoolhouse and would ride a horse and buggy everywhere she needed to go. AK, I said AKA church, but now I've learned from you, they don't go to church. So mm-hmm. AKA church at other people's houses. Yeah. <laughs> Sadie would wake before dawn. Let's restart that. Sorry. Sadie would wake before dawn every morning to milk her family's cows. She would wear a pleated head covering, a long dress. Her shoes and socks would be like a dull black color, um, which is as her local church rules or or word nung required. Yes. Did you see the word? I did. So I didn't didn't know what it was, Mm -hmm. to be honest. So it is a set of behavioral rules. All and all members within a church agree to have their lives ordered by that code. Mm-hmm. So like, Except during Rumspringa, I think. Yes. That's when they can ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Which, um, there's so many, like, boob holes with it. Mm-hmm. I needed a sip. Sadie can be quoted by s- saying, if you didn't work as hard as you possibly could, you were considered lazy. Which, like, you kind of said that in your right. thing. That, like, they were taught at a young age to be mm-hmm. hardworking. Sadie would never speak English at home, just Pennsylvania Dutch, which was the only language she knew until first grade. And remember, they only go to eighth grade. So, like, I don't know, like, how much other English she used as a child. Mm -hmm. Although it may seem like Sadie lived a humble and disciplined life, that was not the case at all. By the age of nine, Sadie was had been raped by one of her older brothers. By age 12, she would be abused by her father, Abner, um, while he was performing chiropractic work on her. What? He would penetrate Sadie with his fingers on the table and tell her that he was, quote, flipping her uterus to ensure fertility. Oh, God. So, like, this is your father. Imagine, like, how many people this is happening to. And you're just like, okay, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. This is for my you're, health. You're taught to be quiet and obey. My whole, I need more champagne. Yeah. My whole purpose in life is to reproduce, whatever. Okay, this must be right. And you're 12, dude. No. So that same year, 
Police would show up to Sadie's home and question her father's alleged abuse of his daughters, but no truth would come from it. Even two years later, when her father was sentenced by a circuit court judge to five years probation, she still wouldn't speak the truth, which we're going right. to kind of backtrack to all that transpiring. Mm-hmm. But mom's the word. Like, you don't yeah. say anything. Oh, God. <clears throat> by the age of 14, three more of Sadie's brothers would rape her. This is all in the family. How many brothers is this at this point? So this is four. Her older brother did it and then three more. And then her dad. And also her dad. And that's all the brothers too. So every single one of the men in the house. Yeah. Make sure. Is she the only... No, we're going to get into that too. So they, like I said, three more of Sadie's brothers would rape her anywhere they could from the hayloft to her own bed multiple times a week she would state that her sisters would just lay in their beds never to wake or acknowledge what had happened it wouldn't be until many years later in life that sadie would find out that her sisters were also experiencing the same abuse (sighs) but none of them said anything to each other so nobody knew they, happening to each other. And they probably, in a sense, it did, but, like, did, like they were like, this is life. Like, this is... Oh, my God. This is what's supposed to... Like, I don't... Oh, dude. It, like I said, I don't this, even know how you got through the research of this. It was hard. Um, and that's why I put that big disclaimer. Like, this is... Triggering. Oh, God. <laughs> and the thing is, is I actually decided to leave out... There was other people that were interviewed, too. Like, other... I was like, I cannot do more than one. Other stories. Yeah. I was like, we're just going to focus on Sadie. Mm -hmm. Um, And acknowledge that, like, that she's not the only one. And this is happening. Mm -hmm. And you said there was, like, 52 documented cases. Just from this reporter. Right. Like, she um, had 52 official cases brought up. So, you just imagine it's probably all over Every single, every single almost, basically, almost probably. Oh my god! So Sadie recalls one of the more traumatic assaults at um, the age of fourteen. She was cornered in the pantry by one of her brothers and raped on the sink. She would feel a gush and saw blood running down her leg. Her brother finished walked away leaving her to clean up herself alone she placed her underwear in a cold bucket of water she said before heading back to complete her chores oh my god how do you just go back to that's what she's supposed to do later on in life a friend of sadie's helped her to realize that what she experienced during that rape was a miscarriage oh god um that's a 14 14 14. So then when you go back to like those emergency room cases of girls coming in after miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the, and then you think about that and it's mom's word, like who's to say who that father is. Yeah. Oh my God. So, um, Sadie would continue on to never reveal her abuse to anyone except a cousin and her father. When he would ask if her brothers were touching her. Oh, like what a great dad, right? Yeah. She did tell him the truth once. Um, but when he would ask again, she lied to protect her brothers from being severely beaten. Like what an amazing person one. I can't even like the trauma. Imagine. But you still which I guess you are raised to protect I, I don't know. <sighs> 
So Sadie's relatives would notice the abuse. And okay, so this also puts in, I said, maybe it's every Amish we see. It isn't. Because right. Sa- there were relatives that spoke out. Spoke out, yes. Which we're going to get to right now. So Sadie's relatives would notice the abuse and stated that the family's actions were a poorly kept secret. Like it was not really a secret within the Amish community. I guess they, they knew what was going on. One relative is actually the one who initially reported Abner, the father, to local church leaders when Sadie was 12 before the police showed up. Like I said, remember, like she, we just went through the rape at 14, but mm-hmm. like the police came when she was 12, two years before that, where she could have like outed her dad. Right. Uh, so they reported it to the church leaders um, and Abner was shunned for six weeks, which is a very common discipline in the Amish community like mm-hmm. you have covered. And being shunned is where you would be socially ostracized and forbidden from eating at the same table as the church members. Like you could still live with your family and yes, stuff, but like you cannot partake in the communities. And supposedly events. they're also not even supposed to talk to you. Yes. You're, like it would be like you and I in the room and mm-hmm. I just ignore you. Yeah. So after the six weeks of shunning, you're they're supposed to confess in church. And then the community, which the community is strongly compelled to do so, they're supposed to forgive and forget that the sin ever happened. <laughs> like, oh, that shows them, right? Right. Sadie would even explain that everyone would just go back to normal regardless of who knew after this happened. <sighs> But the shunning was not enough, at least for a local non-Amish person who tipped off police and social workers. When the authorities showed up on the doorstep, detectives' notes will show that Abner told them, quote, things in which we were speaking about had never... Sorry, we're going to start that over. Mm -hmm. So in the notes, Abner told them, quote, things in which we were speaking about had been brought up and dealt with in the church. (laughs) He would then silence his daughters by telling them, you say nothing. And this wasn't enough for authorities who were concerned for the welfare of Sadie and her sisters. So they would return a second time. Authorities straight up asked Abner, um, quote, wait, sorry. I just wrote this a little weird. (laughs) I apologize. So returning a second time, authorities um, would ask Abner, specific questions about having sexual intercourse with his daughters like they just got straight to the point Mm -hmm. are you are you having sex with your daughters he confessed he said um i've had sex with two of them insisting that he made love to them at least three times but he three times each but he didn't hurt them oh my god he was making love to his daughters so fucked up so, what did Sadie's mom have to say about all this? Because, like, we have yet to hear right. from her. Her yeah. daughters are being, like... Was she being abused, You too? probably went through this, too. Like, can you... What are you going to... Yeah. Well, I guess, like, that's easier said than done because she right. probably has, is getting abused. Yeah. But relatives would recall um, her telling social, social workers, meaning her, Sadie's mom, quote, to do whatever they could to keep him from going to jail. And guess what? It worked. <laughs> In 2001, a grainy VHS recording would show a gray-bearded Abner standing with his hat hanging between his hands before a judge. His attorney would explain that Abner is pleading guilty to a reduced charge of sexual abuse in the first degree. And not incest because, quote, the family is not desiring that he be incarcerated. (laughs) So, like, he could have got more on that. But they 
the family wasn't pressing charges. So a sentence that should have been five plus years ended in him receiving five years probation. So again, we're probation. Yeah, that was it. So again, we're seeing like very, like, I don't know where the justice system falls with the Amish community. Like, I guess it's just slap on the wrist or something. Yeah. But like Ed that we just talked about, he murdered someone and he was out in five years. Mm -hmm. So anyways, he, Abner got five years probation. Um, as I mentioned earlier, and as for Sadie, um, and like I said earlier, this would not stop the abuse and it continued for another five more years after this. So the whole time he was on probation, he continued to rape and abuse his daughter. Why was he even allowed to live in the same house during the probation? Because I feel like there's probably just loopholes with like our justice system to the Amish is... So we just don't know how to deal with it? I yeah. It. Dude, I'm sorry. I need to freaking hit my jewel. This is a lot. I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> this is really rough. I was not expecting to get into this. So I did not read what you had prepared for me. I knew there was going to be crime, but uh, yeah. yeah, this is a lot. So after all this time, abuse, trauma, and even a potential way out from authorities, Sadie continued to keep quiet and protect her family. But why? Why? Exactly. Like, why? Well, obviously, growing up in an Amish family, children are built to adhere to rules and keep quiet. Keeping quiet was one of them. Sadie would tell Sarah McClure, the reporter, Mm -hmm. there was no love or support. We didn't feel that we had anywhere to go to say anything. So she just never did. Oh, my God. But, like, what about some of the family that had spoke out? Couldn't she, they could, like, go live with them? Or I'm assuming, like, it's still in the community. Like, it's bad, but you just don't. You're just supposed to repent your sin. Like, I don't know. Victims would tell McClure of inappropriate touching, groping, fondling, exposure to genitals, digital penetration, coerced oral sex, anal sex, and rape. All at the hands of their own family members, neighbors, and church leaders. Other factors of why they keep quiet? Well, I guess it depends on how much time we have. We are already running very long on this. I did not think that... I I didn't think we'd be I thought we could barely even do an hour for this episode. Yeah, we went hard on this okay so there are a couple things and like i said like it definitely stems from their community their education Mm -hmm. things like that so the first one our amish are not taught about their bodies or sex ever like you just don't talk about that so when sadie got her period at age 10 while playing outside she remembers stuffing toilet paper in her underwear and pulling Uh one of her sisters into the outhouse to ask what was going on like that's just like like they have Something as little as you say eight years old. Ten. Oh, ten years old. If I did say eight, I'm sorry. She was at ten. Just something very young. That is pretty. I don't know when I got mine, but I just feel like ten is young. Um, Amish victims don't even know the names of their body parts to describe. I'm not saying all, but in general. Um, to describe a sexual assault without having fundamental sex sex education does create more problems and challenges. Mm -hmm. Um, so like if you don't really know what is happening to you and you think it's You don't know that it's a wrong thing. Exactly. Oh my. So another reason, the community. It is common for Amish victims to be viewed by the community as just as guilty as the abuser. 
and are looked at as consenting partners committing adultery. Yeah. Even if they're freaking children. Mm -hmm. Like you, oh my God, this makes me mad. So victims are expected to share responsibility. And after the church has punished their abuser, they, victims are supposed to quickly show forgiveness. Even if they don't, they, they are seen. And if they don't, they are seen as like the problem. (laughs) Wow. Um, so why would you come forward, right? No, I, I, I get her thinking on all of that. This, this that is also is a trigger for me, and we see this even now. But victims can be bullied or mocked, spit on, and called schlud and huda, which is are these Pennsylvania Dutch? Pennsylvania terms? Dutch for slut and whore. <sighs> and you just got raped in your right, yeah. So the court and the support. Um, when the rare case does end up in court, the Amish overwhelmingly support the abusers. The whole congregation will tend to appear in court supporting the abuser. All of these compound, like all of this will compound the trauma of speaking out for victims. So like, even if they're in trial, like against each other, mm-hmm. they're, they're supporting the abuser. Cause like the victim's not going to go to jail. So like they're there to support so that the abuser doesn't like go to jail. Wow. So, this is so fucked. Then we also get into mental health facilities of why they don't speak out. So sometimes victims are victims are taken to mental health facilities not because of being a victim, like not to try and help them with the trauma they just mm-hmm. did, um, but because they're seen as a problem. Wow. These facilities are staffed by Amish or Mennonites, and they provide Bible-based counseling, and oftentimes they're not state-licensed. <laughs> so, Just, like, in someone's house? Like, yep, like a, a random barn, like, tr- mm-hmm. just a, like a Some, church in a sense. Yeah. It looks like a church, but it's just, like... Wow. So, most times, no one will tell the victims that they're going or why they're, they're there. They're just like, okay, we're going for a ride, and they, like, get dropped off. They are forced to sign papers that would allow them to – allow the staff to communicate directly with their ministers. So, their ministers have, like, all of their, their rights, pretty much. They are forced to take medication and are lied to about what the medication is for. The most often they are told they are taken, taking as sleeping pills, but in reality, they are antipsychotics. Um, there's also lockups. Now, more recently, it is common for Amish leaders to use lockup stays to silence women who are increasingly eager to go public with abuse allegations. Esther, um, she was a former Amish victim of sexual abuse, would say, quote, when a victim speaks out, they get sent to a facility and drugs so that they shut up. (laughs) So, yeah, what's the motivation for speaking out? Right. Just makes your life more of a hell. You have nowhere to go. So... Finding all of this information really did help me understand Sadie's silence because mm-hmm. it's so easy to be like from our end. Say something. Yeah. Get out. But it's it's not that it's not that easy. It's impossible, really. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to note that important to note that um very similar circumstances are what stop like the quote English mm-hmm. sexual assault victims from speaking out, whether it be society ridiculing them, protection of the family and friends, or being bullied or shamed, um, or even just facing the trauma. Like we do see that. But could you imagine coming forward and being sent away 
or like heavily medicated, silenced, um, and just taken from your like community. Like you can't even have a say in your community. I think it's similar, but it is very like extremely different. I think than like, even more horrific than what we English yeah deal with. I would agree with that. And I'm not putting anybody else's. No, I'm not saying this is more than like. No, it is horrific altogether. But this. Um, but I could not imagine. No. It's an absolute attack on human rights, mm. I think. Um, and I think that more people need to be aware of this. Um, That's why I covered it. It's very hard yeah, and really dark. Yeah, really want to do something about it. Um, and we'll get into some things that um, they've done. Mm-hmm. But I, I just think that people should be aware that this is a very real yeah. problem in the Amish community that they hide. I don't think I've ever really thought about that. Mm-mm. So as Sarah finished her reporting on Sadie, she did reach out to uh, the brothers. Two of them would confirm that Abner, the father, touched Sadie. And one of the brothers even admitted to, quote, messing around with Sadie when they were young, but stated that it was not rape. The other would deny raping her at all. Okay, so I was wrong. It's three brothers altogether. And the third brother would not respond to a request for comment. (laughs) Sadie would later leave the Amish community, and she found support and friends through a group for abused women called Voice of Hope that was launched by Dina Schrock. Um, And she got out. Yeah. How old was she? Or... uh, so Sadie is now, this was in 2020, so she's now going to be 34. Okay. And I don't know when she got out, but it wasn't until later on in life. Mm-hmm. So Sadie um, now is 34. She's a mother of five living in the Midwest. In 2013, okay, so we, we could do the math here. In 2013, she and her husband finally left the Amish church. So right. her husband was Amish too and left? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, she says her focus is to heal and not press charges. She would tell Sarah that she does still speak with her brothers, one of whom has apologized many times. No. She even visits them occasionally. No. Sadie has tried to work through her trauma in couple in couples therapy with her husband, but she would like to get um, her own Christian therapist to like try and work through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has said that she's pretty sure she will never completely trust any man with or around her kids. Yeah. Not even her husband. Mm-hmm. Stating that there is plenty of anger to deal with. She used to, quote, fly off the handle. But now it feels good to finally be letting it all out and talking about it and trying to deal with the trauma. Sadie did agree to do the interview with Sarah because she was tired of keeping quiet for so long. So, you know, what is being done? Obviously, um, this is a, like I said, this is a, a real issue. Um, I got through that without crying, but now it's coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm like choking up doing this and you know, I'm not like that emotional, right. but it's, oh, it's rough. Yeah. And that's why I cut, I cut out a lot. Yeah. It's um, probably good. I mean, oh, God. 
I don't know if I can handle much more of this. We're almost done. I promise. No, you're fine. Well, we're done. We're on a more positive note now. Okay. So as the Amish community secrets are becoming more public mm-hmm. and the victims are seeking more support, there have been many initiatives taken. Uh, the Plain People's Podcast was launched in 2000. The Plain People's Podcast? Yes. Are um, they Amish? Uh, Amish and Mennonite. Right. Okay. So some people find solidarity in the Plain People's Podcast, which was launched in 2018 to feature stories of Amish and Mennonite sexual abuse. Mm. The podcast co host Jasper Hoffman, which Jasper is a girl. Okay. I just like, like that. Mm-hmm. She was a former Mennonite. Um, so she receives, quote, hundreds of messages from people wanting to share stories or get help reporting an abuser. Hundreds. Hundreds. And that's just one podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't listen to The Plain People yet. I needed some time to step yeah. away from this mm-hmm. for a little bit. I actually finished this, and I haven't touched it in a few days because I just, like... And I wonder... I'm glad that they have that outlet, but for the ones that want to share their stories, is that anonymous stories then? Or, like, how do they deal with that? I assume. They probably try and help them get resources and, st- like, because it's people saying they want to share their stories, probably to bring awareness, mm-hmm. but then also people that just need help reporting. So, it's probably a community to provide those so the support and services to, yeah. to appropriately report. And, oh, uh, my God. Um, reformation of Amish culture. There are efforts being made to reform Amish culture, especially in Pennsylvania, which I didn't know, specifically in Lancaster County, which we talked about Lancaster. Um, it is a ta- there's a task force comprised of police, attorneys, and social service agencies um, that meet with Amish leaders a few times a year. The purpose of the meetings is to try and build trust and communication. It is worth noting that not a single woman has been included among the group's Amish representatives. Of course. Yeah. So, like, they're trying to work with law enforcement and finding better outlets for this situation, but... You don't even have the appropriate person being the spokesperson Mm-mm. for it. No. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> Amish initiatives. Some have even started their own initiatives in multiple states. There um, is a conservative crisis intervention committee, LAIS, with local authorities on reporting and prosecuting sexual assault cases. After the 2014 high-profile Jerry Sandusky child abuse case, stricter and mandatory reporting requirements were implemented in Pennsylvania, forcing Amish to comply and not allow things to be swept under the rug. I just don't understand how they're enforcing that, though. Yeah. How do they know? How do you know? It's getting swept under the rug. Yeah. I'm getting mad. Sorry. Like... I get it, but how are you stricter? Like, you're, it's not like you're sitting watching are there people checking them. in. Yeah. Interviewing the children. And, and when you're interviewing the children, children, like in CD's case, if they don't say anything, what can you do? Yeah. So, I mean, there might be initiatives, but is it actually helping anything? Yeah, I think what, what they need doing. to do is go get into the education of it. Mm-hmm. Like, from childhood like they need to be educated about sex they need to be educated about assault what is right and wrong and that these men these family members should not be touching them again they have 
the community as the ones teaching them. So what do you do? You have... And the church leaders are also the abusers. Yeah. You have the English just incorporated into their community, which that are not going to allow. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? I don't know. So it is said that the Lancaster County Amish at least, quote, aren't interested in hiding things, which like anybody can have that blanket statement, yeah. but... And have, quote, adapted and recognized that we need to change with some of the education that we give to the parents and children. If it's the parents assaulting them, though, it's just, I don't know. They have also tried to understand the lasting trauma that can make a quick forgiveness difficult for victims. So, like, they're trying to say, like, you should not force them to forgive them. Yeah. You shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Like, that's... Quite possibly, could it be even more traumatic yeah. than the actual? No, I agree. <sighs> I'm like sweating. <laughs> it's okay. Um, they have also tried to understand. Oh, blah, blah blah blah. Quote: Our community does really care. It just takes time. Fuck off. Thank you. Seriously, fuck off. <laughs> takes time, my ass. You're wrong. You're doing wrong. That is a sin, and your whole life revolves around not sinning. Yeah. You've done the worst sin. Like to. I'm sorry, but like child abusers, molesters, things like that, they should go to hell before a murder, yeah. in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. fuck those people. Yeah. That is fucking worse than taking life because you just fuck someone up for their whole fucking life mm-hmm. and their family. <sighs> Anyways. So, yeah, that's it. <laughs> wow. Great to end. Um, I will say we're going to link these, but. Uh, there is a national sexual assault hotline. It is 800-656-HOPE. And it is operated by RAIN. It's R-A-I-N-N. On that, they also have a resource center, a victim's assistance, uh, another resource center on violence against women. There's a national sex offender public website that you can look on. Um a center for victims of crime and a harassment hotline. So if you need to share or use those resources, please do so. I am sorry that this was a pretty tough case. Um, I'm glad we had champagne. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that uh, you went first. <laughs> Random fact, though, because of the high birth rates, you know, they have like seven or ten kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and few members ever leaving. The Amish are one of the fastest growing religious groups in America. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised. So, like, don't tell me it fucking takes time if you really care because yeah. you don't have time. Yeah, so, what are you doing? Cheers. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you for the support up until now. Yeah, we've had we, great support on this. We weren't really expecting it because we're just, this is just our hobby. No, we're I'm looking fun. at the analytics, Esther. Like, it was. There's a lot of people in Iowa that have our support for some reason. Yeah, do you live in Council Bluff? Can you explain how you got our what our podcast? Also, Belgium, please let us know. I'm not mad. I, I'm not I just mad. want to know who you are. I'm just very curious how this is happening. I like had to look up. I was like, is there a Council Bluff in Pennsylvania? I looked that up too. There's a school named Council Bluff, but there's mm-hmm. not a place. Well, we appreciate it regardless, wherever you are. So thank you. I hope you're not bots. <laughs> yeah, I hope, you're, I hope you're real people. <laughs> I hope you're human. Yeah, but uh, where do they contact? Oh, oh, so yeah, please. Uh, so we actually didn't get to mention this on the first two episodes because it didn't exist yet. But we do have a Facebook page that you can like and follow, where we will continue to post updates on upcoming uh, episodes for you. So you can follow that 
and like that all on Facebook at Unprofessionals Asking Questions. We also have an Instagram at UAQ Pod. You can send us an email at UAQPod at gmail.com. And again, you can send us topic recommendations, stories, suggestions, questions that you have. If you want to correct us on something that we said incorrectly, let us know. We won't be mad. We love the feedback. We got some, nice. If we got some information or facts wrong, we yeah, gladly we will accept. Yeah, we apologize, but please please inform us. Let us know if we're wrong and full of shit. We're just please. trying to ask questions and get answers. Yeah, we're just trying to figure some things out. So yeah, give us a follow. Um, you can find us on several different platforms. Please rate us just so we can kind of get yeah, up the follow. list a bit. Follow or subscribe because that mm-hmm. will help us. And did I miss anything? Was that everything? That was everything. All right. Well, then we will catch you next time. Next Friday. Well, this will be released on Friday. Every Friday we'll have a new release. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Bye.